Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of the Super Rad MMA Show. We talk about all kinds of jazz this week. We talk about all the happenings from UFC 231. We ask if Max Holloway is the greatest of all time. We talk about John Kavanaugh not wanting to work with Connor, potentially. Cowboy Cerrone's got a new fight, so that's always dope. Uh, We talk about our naughty and nice list from Santa. We discuss whether Ben Askren's been a good boy or a bad boy. If Dana White deserves a present or not, and much, much more on this week's edition of the Super Ad MMA Show. Final round. Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. What we're on the road to find Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Melbourne, brother. How's you? I'm awesome. I'm cold. Well, I'm not too cold now. It was cold earlier. Just, what, in, in the house? Yeah. But now I am at the standard temperature. Adequate temperature. It's cold outside. But, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. By the way, have you seen the... Uh, you know that song obviously is being because it's because we're millennials now. You know that baby, it's cold outside. You see, there's like a campaign that it's like a rape song. Uh, yeah, I was actually me and my wife were talking about this last night, and uh, what you mean when you were serenading her with that <laughs> song? <laughs> You're going nowhere. Um, yeah, the lyrics don't read well. They don't. But did you see some clever bastard has done like a hilarious version of it where it's like him? He's like, I understand. No means no, yeah, like that kind nah, of thing. Get the fuck out of no, here. No, I mean it. Yeah, I mean clearly. Like to be fair, <sighs> those were the days where you just grabbed the woman you wanted in the bar. Exactly. Go gone are the good times, my man. <laughs> yeah, as long <laughs> as you're throwing joking. branding iron with you, you could claim anybody. Anybody, man or woman, exactly. with or child, wouldn't matter. More on that later. You mark them and they're yours. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, that guy with a new song can piss right off. It's just a big, big bum kiss to all those who are easily offended. I don't know. I find it quite funny that, like, it, I think that, that, like, it was funny when you don't, like, I hope that that wasn't done as, like, a, this is what the song should be. I think it was more of a, Okay, I get it. So this is what you basically what you're saying the song has to be now, you know. And in that sense, fair enough. But if it is see, literally a replacement, yeah. See, there's also outrage over Fairy Tale of New York. Oh yes, because you can't say. Well, we go through this every year, don't we? Uh, you can't say faggot bit. Yeah, that one. Where yeah. Well, it's like was anybody really getting that upset about it, or did we just decide that we should? I don't know. I mean, my problem with this is that it's like, you know, well, like Louis C.K., okay, granted, now he's not the best person to use <laughs> as an example, but, mm. you know, he kind of said it best. That. It's like, you don't call someone a faggot because they're gay. No. You call well, someone a faggot because they're being a faggot, you know? Like, and, you know, look, we, we live in a millennial world, and I understand that, you know, that some people may be offended by it, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I personally, I, I think you have to have a bit thicker skin than that, you know. It's that old thing, mate. I remember my dad telling me when I was a kid, sticks and stones might break your bones, but words can never hurt me. And, like, that that advice has served me very well throughout my life on a number of occasions. Because I've received many sticks and stones beatings. And they do, yeah, and they do <laughs> suck. They yeah. do suck. But the words which they're shouting at me while beating me with sticks and stones... Nothing. It's a bit ironic this the sticks and stones thing. Whenever it's like stoning, is this like a legitimate like a legitimate <laughs> thing that can happen? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, we've uh, obviously 
well, actually, I was going to say been training, but I, I actually haven't been because I have. Uh, I'm nursing an injury, sadly. Slacking, bro, not making them gains. <sighs> oh yeah, well, it's it's a niggling injury that I I, I, I don't wish to disclose um, for personal reasons. Menstrual cramps. Yeah, menstrual cramps. No, no, it's uh, I just literally have a trap nerve in my neck and. It's it's just one of those ones that every day I kind of think, right, maybe today, and then you get up and you turn and you go, oh, okay, no. Yeah, next are a funny old thing. You sort of don't want to, they're one of those old things, like, you don't want to, it's like, you don't want to take a chance with your neck. No. It's like, ah, <laughs> no. I've got a sore leg. Yeah, big deal. But our recovery and our, our gains are still going excellently, thanks to our good friends over at nisupplements.com. Uh, they are the Northern Ireland's largest uh, and, and, to be honest, best uh, supplement company. They have a wealth of, of experienced staff who can help with everything from uh, helping plant diet to training uh, to recovery advice. Um, Peter from there has been an absolute superstar for us. We are currently on Biotech Zero um, Whey Protein, which is great. Uh, this not only tastes good, but it has zero sugar, which for me, or very, very close to zero sugar, which for me, Mel is currently flexing his guns at me. You, you noticing them gains already? A yeah, couple of weeks in. Peaks on peaks. Yeah, I did. The protein's that good. I did five curls and my arm, you know, just exploded. Four inches. Well, the good thing is, to any of you out there, uh, they do offer international shipping, uh, so please do check them out. Uh, we can't can't talk highly enough about them. They've been super helpful for us. They're helping us get ready for our fights in March. Um, and yes, a big shout out to NI Supplements, but very much looking forward to getting back to training again, um, especially the jiu-jitsu and the boxing. The um, spar we've been, well, we've been sparring quite a lot recently. Uh, which rattling is on the old brain around. That's it, rattling the old noggin around. Um, I would hope that we've been looked after enough to to not be rattling the brain around too much. But yeah. me, no, see big problems with sparring but, but, too much. I, I don't see no big problems with anything too much right now because no, I can't see very. Well. I can't. No, I can't see evidence. Ev- <laughs> hang on, you tell me everything's not in black and white right now. I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was just an Instagram filter on life. Speaking of, have you seen these videos? This is very off topic. Of I forget the name of them, but they're like glasses which allow colorblind people to see color. Yes, they, these have been going around for a while. Some of the the emotional videos that you yeah, I'm calling bullshit on some of those. Like some of them, I think are legit, and then some of them feel like they have to cry. Yeah, yeah. I was watching one. It was like some old dude looking at grass. The guy with the mustache. Oh no, he's legit. He's legit. He made me emotional. Yeah. He's like a big bear of a man. No, and there was another guy at like a party who had clearly used them before but was told to pretend like he hadn't used them for the sake of the video. He was doing it for the gram. Yeah, could be. He could easily have been doing it for the gram. Um, there, to be honest, there's a lot of that where you, like, you know, I am kind of things automatic. Aren't wor- things aren't worth doing unless you're getting, you know, instant likes. Well, there is something to be said about this, like about, you know, the cynicism that comes with it. Like, I sometimes see videos and you're like, nah, bullshit. You know, like... These long lost siblings were reunited after twenty tumultuous years. You kind of yeah. like, is it though? Is it though? You know that seems. Oh, and the cameras were just running the entire time <laughs> yeah, by complete coincidence. Yeah. The worst one of these uh, social experiments. 
Which yes, nonsense. yes. This homeless man couldn't believe what happened next. Yeah. Click, and then it's like the the websites are always like fucking cancer for your phone. It's yeah. like thirty pop ups, and you just get your phone just dies yeah. instantly, just wilts and dies. Well, this week's show, and um, we as we said in the intro about some of the things we had coming up, the. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do just quickly talk about UFC 231. and We're not going to go into detail about all the fights, of course. I hope you played along on Topology with us. Um, didn't do as well this week as we've done most this other weeks. This was my worst performance to date. It was my worst performance also, but still marginally better than your performance. It was indeed. But um, I'm, I'm blaming the judges. Well, I'm blaming the judges for certainly one, if not two, of the fights. But more importantly than that, this this to me, like this means it's a good card. Do you know what I mean? Like you want your topology to be wrong because it means that like you want the fights to be so close that picking them, you're like each one, you're like ah. Oh. Yeah. And this card coming up actually in Milwaukee, which we'll talk about at the end of the the show, um, it's another example of a card that that has struck that on the head. Mm. Um, but UFC two thirty one. Anywho, um, yeah, t- tons and tons of good fights. Um, Rakic, uh, we're not going to talk a great deal about every fight, but Rakic did really well for me. He came back from adversity against Devin Clark. I favoured Rakic. Uh, I picked Rakic by KO round one, which happened to be correct, um, but it was a rocky start. Devin Clark was cracking him hard. Rakic looks really, really good. Um, anything to add about him more? No, not really. It's just nice that- Light heavyweight, I think, out of all the divisions, is a division which needs, needs people. Yeah, yeah, needs bodies. Needs them point. man powers. Exactly. So yeah, the more the merrier. One of the biggest upsets of the card for me, um, Chad Lepre lost in vicious fashion to Diego Lima. Literally, most beautiful check left hooks, just sent him to the land of wind and shadows. Diego Lima needed this win. I mean, if someone needs a win to not get cut, it was Diego Lima. Yep. Um. Uh, yeah. Just that's I, that, that I mean, is it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Like I also had Lepre. Um. I got rid of him early. Um. Big upset. Yeah. By the way, our drink of choice today happens to be the same. It does. Yeah. Um. Tesco's honey cola. Sweet and rounded, enriched with honey flavor, for an intriguing twist on a classic. Tell me this. Mm. Where are they getting honey flavor from when it's sugar free? I don't know legit honey. I don't. Think, yeah. <laughs> you haven't considered that yet, had I'm you? I'm just looking at it. I don't think they're actually claiming that there's honey in it. They're just claiming it's honey flavored. That's even worse, though. I'm just, right, looking, so I'm the, just this, reading the ingredients here. If you have a Tesco's near you, so if you're in the UK or or if you're in Ireland, um, yeah, there's no honey in this. It's it's great because like these are like 45p and it's like part of their new botanical range or something. something and they have like yeah. a botanical one. Then they have a coffee cola, which can get uh, yeah, that here. can get the fuck away from me. And I love coffee, but that can get bent. Um, I don't like coffee at all. I think coffee, like red wine, is one of those dopey things. People convince themselves they have. To I like genuinely, the I genuinely like both. But what didn't happen at eighteen? But people have told me like this is that's exactly what I said about Guinness years ago as well. Though there's no way anyone likes that, but no, I genuinely do. Just not very often. I don't mind a Guinness, but I can't have more than one because it's like eating because you're bowl a girl of stew <laughs> in the class. It's like a bowl of stew. It's like a blended bowl of stew. There's just <laughs> blended. It's it's too heavy. It's, it's the potatoes it's made from. You say it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, all that potato. There's eight to ten. Potatoes Speaking of which, pint. when I was in America, right, I was fifteen. 
And, uh, did you have Guinness in America? I did, right? No, this won't get into. The guy, a guy in an Irish bar was like, right, so you're Irish, you can have a pint. And I was like, sweet, like, forget the casual 21 drinking laws. It was like, well, obviously you can drink because you're Irish. But <laughs> yeah, he, he pulled out this, he pulled out this thing, right? And it was like, like a, like a big bean tin of, right? Of, right. of Guinness, right? And then he cracked it and it just went like, <laughs> made this like horrible, like sloshy noise, right? Mm. And then he poured it into a pint glass and set it on this like light up plate. And then mm. he pressed the plate and then some mad science shit happened where like it plumed and then just looked like it was settling. And then it settled into what looked like one of the finest pints of Guinness you'd ever have, but tasted like one of the worst pints of anything you'll ever have. That's like, uh, Nuclear bomb shelter Guinness in, dude, a, in a tin. Dude, it is like some sort of fallout. Yeah. Style. It's like it's like <laughs> the drink you get in fallout. Um anyway, back to the FC, because I'm sure that's what you're here for. Uh Brad Katona. I really like Katona. Um not only as a person but as a fighter. I find him very entertaining. Um his karateka stance, um, in and out a lot. Uh it's a tough fight. Uh Lopez tough, really tough. Um I had this I had it scored, I think, a bit differently than the judges did. And the first round was iffy, but the second two were Katona. Yeah, Katona went in the, the final two. Um, um, it ended up being a split decision, though, didn't it? I can't. I can't remember how they scored that one. Um, so close to finishing him at the end. Very close. Cool. was what a what an unusual choke. It was like a back. Crucifix? Yeah, it was like a back crucifix. It almost looked like the, like in a in jiu-jitsu in a gi, like a bow and arrow choke, but it was like a rear naked instead. Yeah. So, but like, like he was out, or if not out, about to be out. About, I think he was about to be out. Like I said at the time, I don't think he went out in the choke, but like when he went to stand up, like a rush of blood to the head, sort of put the equilibrium out, but. Yeah, I think I think Katona looked good. I would like to see him brought along. I think I say this every week about every fighter brought along at an appropriate pace. I don't think you throw him in the deep end of bantamweight just yet. No, um, I I would agree with that. But I think that he certainly has the talent to to go somewhere in the division. Um, you know, guy that could potentially crack the top ten at some stage. You know, down the line, obviously, if he's brought on at the right speed. Um, but yeah, you know, awesome. It's only twenty six. Exactly. That's, that's what I mean. He's got time. Like you can. You know. he's, he's four years really to get it together and then two years three years you know to, to take a run so I'd like to see him brought along at the right pace um, you know yeah great guy as well really good ambassador for the sport pleased with pleased with all of it um, Elias Theodoro, as we predicted defeated Eric Anders in what was a very 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 close fight um, and arguably was only won because of Theodoro's chin yeah he's he a hell of a chin some fucking massive shots I thought he was in trouble when he got in there with the main. Oh, he was restricted to the cornrows. You got to let that bad boy yeah, look. Free. That's where half of the power comes from. Is he's like a, is it Samson with the hair? Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't contain it. You no, gotta let it you out. Gotta let that flow, man. Yeah. You gotta let it flow. Um, Best hair in MMA. Yeah, oh, hands down. Uh, and that's of course, female MMA. No, as well. yeah, yeah, no sooner had he come on, and my missus were like. Who's that? That's a fine-looking gentleman. Who's this? Who's this? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? He's haven't seen him before. I hope he wins. Based on what? Like based on what? The fact he's remarkably good-looking. Yeah, shock. Um, It was an odd fight. Um, Anders rocking the Jufro. It was. It was terrible. It was a bad (laughs) haircut's terrible. Yeah, dude. I was saying like he's an intimidating-looking fellow physically physically but that was the least intimidating he's ever looked yeah like you need to just 
Cheap yeah, bottle. it's like, like getting yeah. rid of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Theodore, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said it. You're like, apparently hits deceptively hard. Um, but it's it it all the punches are like winged, but for like yeah, look, but they're like, like technically he's winged, flapping around. Yeah, for but they're rounds. like you know because he he'll do the he'll do the things like throw a like a little sloppy hook out, but then follow it up with like a real you know step out at an obscene angle and yeah. throw a wicked uppercut. You know, like this was a ridiculously close fight. Um, I see lots of people on Twitter saying that like. Anders got robbed. Um, I could easily have seen it go either way, to be honest. Especially because Anders had such a dominant second. Was it the second round where he was just slapping him around the cage? So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It was a dominant performance um, by both fighters, weirdly. Um, which which is why it was such a tough one to judge. Um, really, really glad for Theodore, who... It's just people that I think you always forget about Theodore. It's just like, every time he fights... Yeah, he's... Just quietly plugging away. Um, good UFC record, in fairness. Um, only losses are to Tiago Santos, who we'll get on to. Yep. And uh, Brad Tavares, who is another monster. But Eric Anders' big win. You know, Anders was uh, flying up the rankings not too long ago. Yeah, and, and still could. Absolutely. Um, the next fight, uh, Caitlin Chicagian and Jessica I. Jessica I one of my least favourite female fighters one of my least favourite fighters full stop regardless of gender um, I, I had the score I had picked Kagan um, and I scored it for Same. this was a bullshit decision absolutely um, I agree I think that the judge the judges got this wrong um, Jessica as well I saw posting saying that Jude Rogan was checking right now and it's like I, I doubt that possibly like I don't want to say no because like it, it, anything's possible, but I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, nothing che- is possible. Well, why why would you not just check out a good looking girl? Ooh. Oh, come on! She no, looks like I'm me not. in a wig. Just there is a similarity, isn't there? Just looking at I'm it, telling you, mate. It's like looking in a weird mirror. It's like that Facebook app that tells you what you'd look like in another gender. You would be Jessica. I, I. would be Jessica. I Jack. I. That'd be weird. Well, one of the things that annoys me about this is um. Well, joking about her. I'm only if you're listening. You're a beautiful woman, Jessica, and I'm very sorry. I didn't mean it. Um, Your fingers crossed. Uh, shh. On my toes. You just can't see it because I got socks on. Um, you can't see it in my sandals because I got my socks on. <laughs> um, this fight to me was scored incorrectly as well. What's annoying me more than anything is she's now going. I won't accept anything less than a uh, than a, than a title fight. Um, you know, look, love. You're delusional. Um, well, we'll get on to Valentina Shevchenko, but what she would do to Jessica? I, um, oh, good grief! That would be a yeah. demolition derby. <sighs> springs to mind. Yeah, but in fairness, I think Valentina does that to every other female flyweight. But yes, yes, but not every other female flyweight is looking for that fight. I just don't get this, like. It's, She's always been shouting about title shots. Like it wasn't too long ago, she was one and five. Nearly like fair enough. She's she's bounced back. She's now on a three fight win streak. But two of those are split decisions. Um, and I can't speak for the last two because I honestly can't remember the fights. But I definitely had her losing her last fight. Um, it's it's just a weird. I don't know, a weird sense of entitlement. Well, like, you're three and three and six, or four and six in your last ten, and you're shouting that you're not accepting anything but a title fight. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird precedent to set, isn't it? Um, but yeah, don't particularly like her. Um, thought Chicagoan won that fight, um, but it is what it is, baby. Um, Gilbert Burns defeated Olivier Aubin Mercier by a three round decision. Judges probably got this one right. Oh no, I absolutely did. <clears throat> I had picked uh, Aubin Mercier, but Burns battered him. I picked Burns by decision. Um, so, yeah, um, it, I just think that he has a lot of um, a lot of uh, upside. Um, you know, not not long term because of his age, but in terms of you know, he's so dynamic. Um, well, working with Henry Hooft is obviously paying dividends with a, with a striking, as he looked great. And he's clearly got heavy hands for for lightweight. He's big. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of those guys yeah, are huge, huge. for yeah. lightweight, um, and obviously Gilbert Burns on the ground. Forget about it. Yeah, oh, he's slick as anything on the ground. There was a couple of the passes in particular that happened. Yeah. Just like, whew, just different levels to that. I thought he looked about as good as we've seen him. Another fight that the judges got wrong to me um, was Nina Ansaroff, sorry, um, beating Claudio Gadelia. Now, what what frustrated me about this is I've seen a lot of people saying Ansaroff absolutely destroyed her, took her to school. I just don't see it. Um, fair enough. I can see. I can almost see how the judges might have ended up favouring her in the scorecards if they were looking for very specific criteria. But I don't. I don't by any chance think that she was taken to school. No, I at the time had scored it for for Gadelia. Uh, two rounds to one. I thought the takedowns and what ground controller was probably did enough to to seal it for. But yeah, another one. I'm not as outraged with this one, but I definitely scored it the other way. You have what they refer to as mild millennial outrage of this. I am mildly <coughs> outraged by this. Uh, Thiago Santos um, defeated Jimmy Manoa in what was one of the craziest fights I've ever seen. It was round two TKO. Um, just Both guys rocked on a number of occasions. Throwing them bungalows. They really were. Just literally throwing some ham hocks around. Uh, I liked uh, Tiago Santos's jumping, spinning soccer kick. Did you see there was something, someone in, on Reddit commented basically saying that Tiago Santos shot for a takedown, missed it, threw a spinning back kick, threw a left hook that wobbled, wobbled, that wobbled, wobbled Jimmy Manoa, then took him down all in the space of like 10 seconds. As one does. Oh, this is the thing: yeah. is that that was that was this fight in a nutshell. Because for everything that Santos threw, Manoa was just throwing shit back and catching him as well. You know, don't get me wrong. Oh, Santos yeah, won on the scorecards and won, you know, by TKO. But Manoa almost had him on a couple of occasions. Oh, both guys like it was just whoever landed that big clean <clears> one <throat> first. And it happened to, unfortunately, as a Manoa fan, it happened to be Santos. But much respect. What a fight! It was a great fight. Should have been fight at night. Um. Yeah, it's certainly up there. Um, I would like to see Tiago Santos fight uh, Anthony Smith again. Yes, that light, light heavyweight. Heavy yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's that seems the next logical fight. Um, th- this fight I didn't understand why it was on the main card, but hey, it is what it is. Kyle Bosniak and Hakim Dawudu. Um, Dawudu defeated uh, Bosniak by a three round decision win. Um, what do you think of this fight? Um. I thought after Bosniak's last performance against Zabit, he looked a bit toothless in this one. Like, it just didn't have the same intensity. It's a bit flat. A bit flat, yeah. And, and Dawadu just picked him apart, essentially. Yeah. 
He really did. Um, it, it was a great fight. Um, that would be very, very exciting prospect. But I just, I, I favoured Bochniak in this. I thought that he was just tougher, more resilient, better rounded. Um, but uh, Dabudu just one of those freak athletes as well. You know, he's yeah, just super dynamic. He's a big boy. Uh, Gunnar Nelson defeated Alex Oliveira by submission in the second round. I had Nelson by submission in round two, so woohoo! But uh, didn't see how it was going in the first. It was one of those beautiful back takes ever uh, in the first round uh, from Gunnar, and then he very quickly got that turned. And I had picked pummeled. Oliveira to win by TKO, and he nearly did. Yeah, I was fairly confident. I had picked him to win by TKO in the second round, and after that first round, I was pretty confident because he was battering Nelson. Yep. And then uh, Gunnar, as a curious well, individual yeah. he is, thought, you know what, I wonder what the inside of Alex Oliveira's head looks like. Um, <laughs> I'm going to open it up and I'm find out. open it up and just have a wee look here. Um, that was one of the most brutal blood, like in terms of how quickly blood happens, that was one of the more brutal ones I've, I recall seeing at all. That was like the elevator in The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, it was amazing. It must have caught a vein, um, you know, because it, it busted him wide open. And then the crazy thing was when you saw Gunner squeezing. Like, the ref stopped that before there was a tap or a verbal submission. So, yeah, it was a submission, but, like, the ref, like, I think it was more so the cut. Obviously, he would have just passed out or tapped to the choke. It was in. He was going to, yeah, he was going to yeah. tap. He, you actually saw him lift his hand yeah. just as the ref was about to stop but it. Blood, but I think the ref panicked. Yeah, I mean, Gunnar Nelson was essentially wringing his head out like a sponge at the minute. Um, it was a crazy amount of blood. It was ludicrous, and I see it took nearly thirty stitches. Uh, yeah, he has. It's it's an odd looking scar on his head. It's, it's gonna, weird shape. It's gonna leave a nice mark. I see that someone on Twitter posted. Sorry, can't remember who it was. That it's uh, it, the scar shape looks very similar to the Icelandic A in their alphabet. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Gunner obviously working his magic there. That's how skilled he is. He can shape the scars. Um, Gunner Nelson, curious one. You know, ha- seems to have the intangibles to beat a lot of people, uh, but just often doesn't get it together. Um, I'd like to see him fight. Who would I like to see him fight next? There's a good question. I don't know. It's a tough call. It's a really tough call. Um, Mm. I'm just going to pull up the rankings here. Um, Desanyos? Desanyos would be a good fight, yeah. Um, I think I would favour Desanyos massively in that, though. Or Neil Magny? Oh. Leon Edwards in London? Yes, yes. That'd be, yeah, I could see that. That would be cool. Um, I wouldn't go any higher than... Well, Desanyos is, is ranked fifth, but he is coming off two... Two bad losses in a row, but still has a big name, and you know there's still that history with uh, Connor and SBG with Desanyos and the fight that never happened. So maybe Desanyos would be a good option. Apart from that, you know Leon Edwards is ranked at ten, Magny's eleven. I think uh, Gunner was booked to fight Neil Magny before, and that fell through. So might be the time to run that one back. Yep, could well be. Um, could well be indeed. Uh, the next fight, of course, the ladies, uh, the lovely, lovely ladies, squaring off uh, in the Kumian event. Valentina Shevchenko uh, beat Yuani on Jacek by decision. Five rounds of absolute dominance where I, I didn't score a single round for you on Jacek. No, not at all. Um, Just I was saying to you at the time that the commentary was like 
seemed a bit off for this. There's a thing about Joanna, and a prime example is that we were talking about this just before we started, where on Reddit I got really badly downvoted posting from our Palooka Media account uh, saying that I just, I, I basically posted saying I don't see what um, <clears throat> what Joanna could have for Shevchenko. She's beaten her three times in Muay Thai. She's clearly better on the ground, um, and I just I I was I couldn't see a path to victory for Joanna. But that the one factor that could could maybe have made a difference was the weight cut. Uh, depending on you know, Joanna seemed to have a very good weight cut this time, inst- as were um, you know Valentina, uh, you know, cutting a bit more weight. So that was the only question that I could possibly think of to try and make a case. And I got downvoted so hard because everyone loves Joanna. They do. She's a bit of a. MMA darling. And I find it odd because she sensed the loss from Rose. If any other fighter had behaved the way she has, Reddit would hate them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know why she gets the pass, but uh, like yourself, I scored every round, possibly every second, every minute of every round for Shevchenko. I thought she just was better than her everywhere. Yep. Um... And I just, like I said earlier, I just don't see anyone at women's flyweight giving Shevchenko any problems. No, she's phenomenal um, and, and on path to do, you know, she could she could potentially be a two-way champ. Well, she was talking that she would like another crack at Amanda Nunes after their last fight, which I believe was a split decision. Yep. Um, that wasn't that long ago either, a year or two ago. Um <sighs> I don't know. Um, I would like her, you know, to stay at flyweight and sort of establish the division, you know, put together a dominant. I mean, she she could theoretically do what Demetrius Johnson did um, and just sort of like be the, well, I suppose say she'd be the first champion. She is not the first champion. I keep no. forgetting that Nico Montano was the champion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just looking down the, the names in that division, um, I, I don't think many of them have a prayer. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, uh, you know, big, big things to come for Valentina. Um, Liz Carmouche could be... That's about as close as you're going to get. Yeah. Um, Liz Carmouche, of course, having a the only stoppage victory over Valentina Shevchenko. Now, in fairness, this was in 2010, and I think both have come on. You're not going back that far then. Just nine years, just, nearly. Yeah, eight years. the nine years. Um, but at least there is, you know... There's some form of argument that yeah. There's some there. form of resistance, yeah, or some sort of backstory. Well, but um, the main event, which is one of the best fights I think I've ever seen in my life, and certainly one of the more one-sided beatdowns. Like not necessarily just one-sided fight, one-sided beatdown. Like as in ass whooping beatdown. Yep. Um, Max Holloway defeats Brian Ortega via KO round four. I had round three in my pick. You had round four, didn't you? I had round five. Ah, wow. So, missed out by a second. This was one of those ones that I was very sort of quietly confident about. Like, you know, I, I said it on air. Um, oh, we've been you were on record, you know. To be for a while that if, uh, if Ortega can't get him down, he was in big trouble. And he couldn't? He couldn't. And like we said during the fight that, yes, you know, if it had actually got to the ground for any extended period of time, you know, it had its brief moments there. You would fancy Ortega to have, you know, a sizable advantage over pretty much anybody on earth on the ground. Yep. Um but uh it was he just he didn't have enough 
or a high enough standard of offensive wrestling. No, and he he didn't have a way to deal with the the pressure of Max. And to be Max's honest, defensive movement was straight out of the matrix. It's like Vasily Lomachenko. Kind yeah, of. it was just next level. Like Ortega was just swatting at flies for for most of it. I think a lot of that comes from one of the things that, that and don't get me wrong. This isn't a takeaway from Holloway. He does have some of the best defensive movement in the game. But one of the things that really made that look even better in this is that it falls back to just how rudimentary and fundamental Ortega's boxing is. When you've only got a one-two a one two and a left hook. Now, I'm obviously exaggerating a bit, but when you essentially have a one-two left hook, you know, there's only so many... Yeah, you know, it's, it's, boxing is, like you said, good, but... Rudimentary. Rudimentary, whereas... Max is fluid. Um, he, do, he just doesn't have that crazy power. But he just... Uh, it's a bit like... He's like a more impressive Diaz style. Just overwhelming Over, you with... Over, yeah, but not only does he <clears throat> overwhelm you with output, it's accuracy and defensive movement. Yes. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. It was it was phenomenal. One of the most one-sided performances ever. We're going to get on to talk about Max Holloway in a bit. So let's wrap up the 2F, the 2FC. Let's call it that from now on. The 231FC. Um, let's wrap up the uh, review of 231 and get on to the news. <laughs> Okay, so Johnny Walker. Um, Excellent. Well, well, depending on which color you go for. Blue. Blue. Yeah, yeah. There's actually one of my favorite bands ever is a band called The Band. Not very many people of our era would know them. They are a uh, late '60s and '70s band. Um, actually, no, they're just a '70s band, I think. Anyway, they have a song about this where Van Morrison flew out to America got absolutely drunk with Rick Danko, the bassist and one of the vocalists, and they wrote a song about this where they debated, I think it's called, uh, I can't even remember what it's called now, but they wrote a song about this, about what which Johnny Walker was the best whiskey, after nights of drinking Johnny Walker, and apparently Van Morrison just got in his car and drove home after it all, so there you go. Um, I think blue, but blue's pricey. It um, is pricey, it is. I you just don't want that black label near you. No, you don't. Uh, red's not great either. It's no. pretty cheap. Red and green, I think, were the two that were in the song. But uh, anywho, uh, he is fighting Justin Ledet at UFC Fortaleza, uh, Fortaleza um, or Fontaleza, is it? Um, UFC Brazil. And the, yeah, UFC, <laughs> one of the UFC Brazil cards. Um, good fight. Uh, Ledet obviously coming down from heavyweight again. Um, yeah, Johnny Walker's a f- he's a bad motherfucker. He is a large gentleman and the elbow he knocked out Khalil, Khalil Roundtree was like knocking on a wooden door it was the same sound almost as MVP cracking Cyborg's skull it's that baseball bat to yeah to ball um it was horrible um Justin Ledet last fight lost to uh Rackets who we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. um no shame in that no Rackets not at all beast. um Ledet is really good boxing, but I just think that Johnny Walker is, uh, he's just a monster, especially a light heavyweight, and a huge individual. Uh, yeah, he is indeed. Um, I think I'd favour Johnny Walker, excuse me, yeah, I think I'd favour Johnny Walker in this. 
Oh yeah, have to. Uh, he's just looked very, very, very good. Um, so I'd have to favour Walker in this until I have a reason not to. Um, no, I, th- I think, I mean, dude's 6'5", an 81-inch reach at light heavyweight. A monster. Um, and like I was saying earlier, the more new blood we get into to light heavyweight, the better. Yeah, ab- absolutely. As you said, we need more... Um, you need you need more than that to to call it, you know. Um, you know we need a host more uh, in the in the light heavyweight division. Uh, it is it is struggling massively for for talent because you're seeing the same names just swap places all the time because it is just a limited talent pool and it's it's odd too because heavyweight although it kind of has the same problem, it almost doesn't have the same problem. Well, I just think looking at light heavyweight rankings, there's there's a bunch of guys there who. Are essentially close to being, you know, cleared out of it, fading out of it. Corey Anderson, OSP, Glover Tejera. It pains me to say this, but Shogun Hua. Like, I mean, that makes up, you know, about half of the top ten, top top twelve. Like, those guys aren't ever going to make a run for the title again if they already have. Um, you know, we need guys like Rakic. Like Johnny Walker, like Dominic Reyes, uh, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos now as well, uh, who I'm sure will jump up into the rankings. Um, like, uh, there's just guys on the way out, and there's, it's just it's going through a grow uh, a growing period. Light heavyweights, um, like you said, it's been the same guys for for a long time now. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, the the light heavyweight division, I think, has been stagnant for a while. And you know, guys like Johnny Walker coming in, you know, with with solid records too, um, and and icing people like Khalil Roundtree and predictably Ledet. You know, it's it's going to be a, t- a, a freaking war. Can't wait. Um, Sage Northcutt uh, has come out and contradicted what Dana White had said. Um, but you know, they're contradicting Dana. I know, right? Um, Dana's just a ball bag. But anyway, um, the thing is that Northcutt basically said he wanted a one fight deal. He was rumored to be facing Ponzinibbio or Damian Maya. Yeah, he said they offered him Ponzinibbio for Argentina. It's a tough one. Uh, I don't know how I like that fight for Sage. If it not that it matters now, but. I would have favoured Ponzinibbio fairly heavily in that. Yes, I also would have favoured Ponzinibbio. I think he's just bigger and stronger and uh, far more experienced. Um, I think that he would have would have killed him. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, you don't know because we don't know how much he's improved. He's so young, but uh, you know, his signing with One FC is a stroke of genius. Um, he'll be a superstar out there. We've talked about that signing before, but you know, just credit to him for standing his ground. Yeah, absolutely. Like the UFC clearly wanted the time and uh, you know a five or six fight contract, and he's come out and said that the UFC just couldn't match the incentives which one were offering him. Um, one have a potential superstar on their hands. Um, just depends how they market him, how they book him. Um, but yeah, it's, he was offered uh, Damian Maya as well, which just seems. Madness the one Sage Northcutt in with Damian Maya. Like, I can't yeah. remember uh, Sage's last few fights, but they were not anywhere close to that level. Did not fight Zach Otto and Thibaut Guti. Yeah. Yeah. Damian Maya's a, just a, a touch of a jump up from them. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, 
it uh, it absolutely does. Um, it's a step up for sure. But uh, Elias Theodoru has come out. Uh, he's chasing a therapeutic use for cannabis. Aren't we all? Well, aren't we all? Yeah. He um he called out for this, didn't he? In uh, the post fight press conference, or not the post fight press conference, post fight interview at the previous event there, where he uh, he kind of shouted out saying, "Oh, we need to stop this," you know. Legalized everywhere, blah blah blah. Typical weed smoker shit, but good for him. Um, if he can get therapeutic use, then he should absolutely take it. I fail to see, as someone who has once or twice tried marijuana before, um, partaken of the the devil's the devil's cabbage, cabbage yeah, and um, jazz cabbage. Um, I I just can't see why they wouldn't want you to have it, or like what their their issue with it is, because like there might be a bit more clinching because it's sort of pertaining to hugging. <laughs> and the wake up might be a bit harder because you can be hungry as shit with dry mouth. But like realistically, they're, they're I can't, I I just can't see a reason why anyone would have a problem with it. in in terms of you know UFC, like no, I've said to you before, uh, as long as you don't go to the cage inebriated, um, yeah, there is there's literally no issue with it. There there isn't really an argument against it at this point. So no, um, yeah, I mean, you're, come you're, on, you saw the free the weed, and he is Canadian, and I believe it is now, as of now, legal in uh, in Canada. So uh, enjoy it, bud. Um, particularly when you're out of competition. <laughs> Here's a question for you, sir: mm-hmm. Is Holloway one of the goats? Yes, just like that. Just like that. Okay, next question. Next question. <laughs> and on we move. Um. You could certainly make a case for it after that. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this before we came on air. Um, like, the dude's on a 13-fight win streak. Um, and the names on that list... Now, we were debating, you know, how much merit some of those names hold. And I still think that's a fair debate. I think some of them are up for debate. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, Compare just, it to John Jones or GSP. Yeah, well, that's what I say. Uh, those are the two names. Well, you would still put Anderson Silva in there, although... See, it's, it's a funny thing, ranking, you know, like, this is why I don't believe there is, like, a greatest of all time. I think there's a greatest of the time, um, and you can't really compare, because lots of the names on Anderson Silva's list are now... They don't hold the merit they did at the time, or in hindsight. Um, but being on a 13-fight win streak, beating... You know, a guy people consider to be the greatest featherweight of all time twice, you know, dominantly. It's it's hard to argue against Holloway in that. And the dude's, what, 26, 27? Yes, but he did beat Aldo when he wasn't Aldo Aldo. Still Aldo. True. And look, here's the thing. the the What you hear people saying whenever it's Aldo, it's like, yeah, but he's, he's, he, beat, he beat Jeremy Stevens. It's like, yeah. Aldo Aldo wouldn't have even had to fight Jeremy Stevens. No, Do you know what he, I mean. But I think he beat Jeremy Stevens on the way up. I think yeah. you, you can only Did fight he do? or is it okay? like I, I think Jeremy it's... Stevens has just peaked at oh, where no, he no, is. What I'm saying is three years ago when Jeremy Stevens is Jeremy Stevens is probably in a similar position now as to what he was then. You know, six to ten. 
And uh, Holloway, three plus years ago, whenever that fight was, was pro- you know was working his way up through the top ten. So he was just the next logical step. <laughs> so you know, n- you can't constantly fight the best of the division because when you're working your way up, you have to go through everyone else. Yeah, but I don't think that um, I don't think that Jeremy Stevens was the fight to get Aldo back to title contention. Do you know? Like, I don't think he's. Oh no, I'm talking about Holloway. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Well, yeah. Look, I think the issue with Holloway is. I agree with you in premise. My only issue is just currently... Holloway's started to run into the same problem that Aldo had. He's just run out of opponents. Yeah, and that he's, yeah. he's kind of beat everybody. Well, that that's true. And, and, and why that is one of matched up with... Stevens. Stevens. True, but that is, that is one of the only issues I have is when you look at the list of names, you know, is the, is the you know, the run he's on comparable? Think, yes, absolutely. But the, is the calibre perhaps not yet... But another know. two or three, if he goes up to 155, where he'll get handed straight to killers and pieces two or three together, I think it would be nearly impossible not to include him. I think you have to include him now. I think uh, his run is super impressive. It's maybe not just as impressive as, say, GSP, who I still rank as, as the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones, certainly, as well. Um, hold on, I just want to have a wee look at these records and compare. So is Max Holloway's run of, we'll go from Cub Swanson. So we'll go from Swanson, right. Charles Oliveira, Jeremy Stevens, Lamas, Pettis, Aldo twice, Brian Ortega. Right. Is that comparable to John Jones' run of Shogun, Rampage, Machida, Rashad, Vitor, Chael, Gus, Glover, DC. Mm, no. It's not It's not quite there yet. No. But you could do the same thing. Of like, But that's what I was saying, though, is that... Every, everyone has not questionable wins, but like... Yes, but you put him... You give him two in, two or three at 155 against similar names. I think, then, yeah. I, yeah. Still th- I still think GSP has, has the best. Like, not even just in a run. Like, even before the Matt Sarah loss... It was it was an incredible run, you know, ran through Mayhem Miller, Frank Trigg, Sean Shirk, BJ Penn, Matt Hughes, then, you know, obviously bounced, you know, Sarah caught him, bounced back, Koscheck, Hughes, Sarah, Fitch, BJ Penn, Tiago Alves, Dan Hardy, Koscheck, Shields, Condit, Nick Diaz, Johnny Hendricks, and Bisbing. Like, gee, I think GSP still got it. He still got it, and that's that. But that's my point. It's, it's, his, it's his total body of work. Like, yes, exactly, and that's what you have to factor in. Now, don't get me wrong. The other thing is as well, people are people are saying about you know But GSP uh, is also thirty seven. Max has if he chooses uh, correct. to take that long. Correct. Has well, a apparently decade. not. I heard him say on one of the one of the interviews, might have been at the press conference actually, he's gonna fight to his mid thirties and then he's done. Early to mid thirties. So he's he's still got, you know, seven or eight years and and Even, I'm not well, saying that he couldn't or that he won't. I believe that he probably will end up like on this. But what I'm saying is for me. I can see people's case, and I wouldn't shoot it out the window. I'm not quite there. I am. He is in contention, but he needs a little bit more. That's where I'm at. But I, I also wouldn't be like, oh, absolutely fucking not. You no, know? no, no, absolutely. And I see him going up to, I'm just looking at the lightweight top 10. Oh, there's some spicy fights there. But I'm just thinking he blows through. Like, James Vick, no. He I blows watch through. Holloway Cerrone. He blows through Diaz. He 
I think he beats Iaquinta. He's obviously he's already beaten Pettis before. I think he would beat Gaethje. Barboza, Holloway would be a good fight. And then you get into, you know, Kevin Lee, Holloway. Tougher to pick. I think he would beat Dustin Poirier if they fought again. Yes, I believe he would. Uh, I think he would beat Conor McGregor if mm-hmm. they fought again. And then, of course, you're into Tony and Habib. Now, Tony is obviously stylistically more of a... I think Holloway beats Tony, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Pieces him up on the feet. Um, He's also sneaky enough with his jiu-jitsu himself. Yeah. You see him nearly getting that Dars on. Or not Dars on, the guillotine on. a fuck you guillotine. Yeah, it was. It was it. Well, it was it. To be honest, psychologically, I think that guillotine probably meant a lot more than the five seconds of, of guillotine time because I think it's suggested to to um, Holloway, it probably subconsciously put doubt in his mind. Yeah. You know, of like, look, I've got you in the feet, but don't fuck with me on the ground either. Because yeah. oh, yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're fucking Ortega in that situation, you're going, I have no way to deal with what I'm having thrown at me right now. No. Literally. Um, but look, I, I think we can wrap up the, the Holloway talk because I think that, look, one of the most masterful, certainly one his of the resume, most masterful. His resume up to now is probably worthy of putting him in the greatest of all time discussion. Yes, yeah. Oh, have we seen a run like this in terms of... Not since Aldo, at yeah, featherweight. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is, you know, Aldo, maybe GSP in terms of from the start of their career to now, but even GSP had a really shaky start. I don't know. Not as shaky as... Uh, as like his as records. Others, but, you know, still... I don't know, like he was... After five fights, he was in the UFC. I mean, he fought Matt Hughes in his third UFC fight. Like, and from then, it's just been killers. Yeah. Even then, like, he fought Caro Parisian and Jay uh, Heron when he first signed in 2004. And at the time, those guys were, were monsters as well. Like, he has not had... Yeah, I think of all of them, of those guys, you know, the the, the Mount Rushmore of MMA, I think GSP's had the, the longest list of, of killers to go through. Probably. Yeah, probably has. Um, anyway, uh, Coach Kavanaugh uh, apparently would need some convincing to work with uh, Mr. McGregor again. Um, I'm hearing a couple of different trains of thought on this. One, I'm hearing that behind the scenes, very disappointed with uh, McGregor's behaviour outside of the cage. Um, also hearing very, very heavy rumours of uh, a lot of cocaine. Um which, given a video I saw recently of him in a club, um, if he wasn't on coke, he was on cat or MDMA. He was on something because he looked whopped off his face. Yep. I had, I've been blocked before, but your mouth don't go like that, chewing the own face off yourself when you're just on a wee bit of booze, you know. But regardless, it, look, I I know people personally who do that, and I'm sure you have that, you know, have. If if not know them, you know know people who have. Yeah. I don't judge people for doing that. Um, my question would be more how often because it looks like it may be a bit of a pattern for Connor. Just one big party for that guy at the minute. Well, and it's hard to not understand why because if you handed me a hundred and fifty million, you too know, too much, too young, too fast. Yeah, airborne quote. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, to live it up while it lasts. Exactly. Yeah, um, airborne the. Per man's ACDC. Uh, although I do love them, um, but they are just ACDC. Well, I think any band which unfortunately comes out of Australia is... Well, yeah, like even Jet. Yeah. You remember them? Are You Gonna Be My Girl? They had a bit of a sort of vaguely ACDC vibe. Um, the other thing that I'm hearing is that he just doesn't want them to take damage. 
It says that he got hit more and damaged more in that uh, Habib fight. Um, I just I don't think he's got anything to fight for. He's too much money. Apparently, his shitey whiskey is uh, making him a mint. Just tastes like pure fucking poison. Yeah, tastes like pure cult of personality. So it does. Um, Are you busting out a CM Punk? Well, it's, uh, technically, yeah. technically it's not CM Punk. Technically, it is. Um, Oh, they sing Love Rears It's Ugly Head, Cult of Personality. That is by... Oh, it's going to annoy me. Do you know? Don't tell me. It's... Oh, uh, Living Colour. Yep. Yes. Look at that. Boom. Um, Didn't even need to Google it. No. Uh, yeah, like, it's just... I can't see, you know, can't see a Habib fight go in a different way. He's got nothing. He's done it all. Um rich beyond his wildest dreams. I, I thought a worrying thing I, I read in an article or with from John Kavanaugh was that he hasn't seen or heard from Connor since the night of the Habib fight. Do you think that means he's not training? Pro, you know, could be. Well, he's certainly not with with John. Um, we also spoke last week. But I think we- if, you, if your plan was like to get back and start planning you know to get the rematch you're at least reviewing your fight with your head coach you would think yeah you would think like the fact that we've now you know we're how many months removed from from the Habib fight too yeah it's October 6th yeah and, they, and he hasn't seen or heard from him as of yet it's not a good look um I just I don't know like I think Kavanaugh was saying that, uh, or in the interview, that other than the Diaz fight, he would need convinced. Yeah. Um, like, how much does he want it? He's out there doing... Well, Devil's Advocate, it's also not up to Joe. Oh, no, no, he's saying that he would need convinced to work with him, which I think is entirely up to John. Like, if, Oh, yeah, if of, some, course, yeah of course, of course it is. to decide whether he works with him or not. Of course it is. Um, um, I just can't see why... He'd be prepared to lose that relationship um, for like that, that. Like in terms of, I'm not buying his excuse about damage. Is what I'm saying because I think I think it would be more to do with it's a personality thing. It's a personality. It's a reputation thing. I, like you will get if say Connor fights Habib again and gets mauled again. You're the head coach of the guy who's got mauled twice, and like people are, you know, Connor's under the brightest lights. You know, the biggest microscope. Everything he does, especially in the cage, is you know is dissected and and absolutely broken down. Um, and John's at the heart of all that, you know. Like as an extension, you know, if something goes wrong for Connor, people point the finger at him. And if he's got a fighter who is out living it up, partying, you know, not dedicated like he should be, it's you know, it, it never it never ends well in the cage and maybe you just don't want to be attached to that which I think is I think it's more to. I think it's more the ship's sinking you think the rats are getting off now <laughs> <laughs> you fucking rat you fucking rat no I think that the McGregor ship is going down like the Titanic yeah it's just everything I've said, I've said look, look look you know what fuck it let's just get into it um, there is also rumours that we can't like we're not going let's not go into it into it but we're we're reading right now that there's 
there are there are people alleging that he he perhaps raped somebody at the weekend, but we're also to be fair hearing that it might have been a professional footballer. So we don't have anything concrete on it. What I'm saying is things like that and drug use and other things like they all sort of go hand in hand and in general the overall picture that's being painted if we were say a Bob Ross wouldn't be a very nice picture it wouldn't be a lovely winter scene do you know what I mean with a happy little tree over there it would be a happy look at this lovely snowy mountain of cocaine you know like Mm. I I just have a really bad feeling I've been saying to you for a while that just the story doesn't feel like it's going to end well. It feels like Tyson, or so, you know, something like that. Bit too much, bit too young, too much, too young, too fast. Exactly. Just, I, yeah, essentially, just being a bit well, out, ju- out of control. I was going to say, just to clarify, and um, to anyone listening who hasn't heard what we're talking about, the, essentially, all it is at the moment, because it is just rumors. All it is at the moment is, um. We do have a an, a legitimate press source saying that a a well known sports yeah the the Irish Mail yeah, um saying that uh, there's a well known sports star has been arrested a well known Irish sports star has been arrested for an alleged rape and then after that all we have is some WhatsApp conversations you know my dad works for this paper or my cousin works for the cops and said it's this or it's that that's all we have at the moment so we're not going to talk about it as like as if it's happened yeah but put it this way if he had been completely clean this entire time you'd be hearing these rumors and going what not a chance you know it seems highly unlikely you know i need to know more about this whatever but the fact is there is a frenzy on twitter about this because it kind of you know, we know he's been out clubbing. We know he's been out doing whatever he's been doing. You know, and and where there's smoke, there tends to be fire. So it's pretty safe to assume that whilst he may not have done that, you know, he's probably not been on what you would define as best behaviour. And and that's no, what I mean all. about Kavanaugh jumping but off the ship. It's, it's all the things. It's it's being above the law. It's you know, but he kind of has been. But yeah. That's what I mean. It's unfortunately money talks in our society. And if I threw a trolley through a bus window, I'd be in jail. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be in jail. Yeah. You know, not community service, I'd be in fucking jail. Especially if you did that in America. Oh, fuck, <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. Um, just, the yeah, Kavanaugh saying this, the loss, the fact this whiskey tastes like brown water shite, the getting his driving license stripped, and now, well... Hesitant to say allegations, but I mean they're they're floating about there. We're not the ones making them. We're merely commenting on on what we're reading. Mm-hmm. Not a great time for the McGregor camp. It's a wonderful time of year. This Christmas, you know, it's just full of joy and festive snow and felonies. snow everywhere. Big felonies, big mountains of snow. Um, yeah, up, up his nostrils. Yeah. Um, Look, Kavanaugh is within his rights to not work with him. I'm just saying that I'm speculating that he's jumping off the ship before the ship literally just blows up. <laughs> it'd, be sad, it'd be sad to see him go this way. Yeah, yep. And it nearly is sad, but at, at the same time, lots of people are buying in and think, oh, this is, it's this nonsense, and I've said this to you before, this idea that everyone gets behind, oh, isn't it fantastic he claims to not give a fuck? No, giving a fuck is a good thing. Can be. Um, like... And he did start off as a, as a 
fair well yeah not even as a fairly positive as a positive role model for for people yep. from a similar background who wanted to come up and make something of themselves and now he just seems to have fallen into the the you know the stereotypical traps of of money well, what if what if we like you're right and you've kind of made me think about like the role model thing it's like he really did set a benchmark because well what else have we got we've got bono who owns one of the most corrupt charities in the world um, we've got George Best, who wasted a perfectly good liver. And um, beat his wife. And beat his wife. Um, we have built, his we built him an airport. Apparently, he's getting a hotel named after. Oh, for fuck's sake! Well. Like, do you know what? I I don't like. My dad was bang on with this. Whenever they were building that airport, he said he's like they're naming it George Best. That's a joke because of the whole liver thing. Because mm. you know he was an alcoholic, and I get that. I get that alcoholism is a disease, but I don't think that you should give a liver to anybody that's just going to go and drink again. You not got a couple of livers as well. I think so. I think he did, and that like that kills me. Like, not as much as it kills him. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> but you um, know. Um, yeah, but like it's just ever since, like it's been steadily getting worse. You it's know? since the Floyd fight. I think it was even before that. It's like it, when you start buying into all the bullshit which money brings, and it's all about, as the kids say, flexing these days. When it becomes about the things you have and all, like, you know, houses, yachts, fur coats and all that bullshit. You, you lose being a relatable human being. You're no longer the story of the everyman. And, like, it is, it is, and it also, like, when you're showing up in chinchilla fur coats to the Eddie Alvarez press conference and you're dressed like, I don't know, a stereotypical 70s pimp at the... Mayweather press conferences and just getting on like an absolute jackass, like a gimp. Yeah, it's just it's it's been a he has he's just he's just fallen into the traps of of money, um, and it's just sad to see a, a guy go this way. I seem we seem to see it a lot, sadly, in combat sports, less so in MMA because there just hasn't been the levels of wealth yet. But certainly, you've seen it in boxing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the 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 other thing that's sort of sad about the allegation that was made is uh, like one of the other like aside from the the horrible human aspect of it, like it would be another family ruined as well. You know, he's got two kids now, doesn't he? Or is it uh, one and one on the way? I think there's one on the way. You know, and like I I just hate that. Like I hate when you see families get ripped apart for any reason. I mean, I myself come from a broken family, and it's you know. It is what it is, but I was at least fortunate enough that I was an adult whenever that happened, you know, and, like, just the idea of innocent kids getting caught up in shitstorms like that, and, you know, but, hey, like, we've seen things like this before, and we'll see more of them again. We will, of course, keep you posted if we hear any more, um, but as it stands right now, that's that's all it it is at the moment. It is some rumours. Conjecture. Um... Cerrone, you go get some Donald Cerrone um, and Alexander Hernandez. That is a motherfucker of a fight for Cerrone. I think this is a bad fight for Cerrone. I sake. think it is a terrible he, fight he for Cerrone. Carrying all the risk into this fight. Yep. Um, but that's probably why he's taking it. That is, mm-hmm. like, that's Cerrone's... That's his mantra. It's the same, same with the Till fight. I just don't get, like, UFC... You had Cerrone, Justin Gaethje right there. I Why know. not? Staring you right in the titties and you yeah. didn't take it. Gaethje's not even booked, is he? I don't think so. No. Just, um, just give us that fight. That's what we all want. 
Yeah, I mean, I I really don't understand their thinking with with not doing that. Um, I mean, we we were crying for it at the time, and I'm crying for it even more now. But look, it is what it is. Cerrone, I think he has the tools here. Uh, it's just it's going to oh, be. I, th- I think he beats Alex Hernandez. I haven't seen like Alex Hernandez has looked good. Uh, he hasn't fought anybody like Donald Cerrone yet. Who was his last fight against? He won a decision Marcia. against him. And before that, he iced uh, Benil Darius. Mm. But it was essentially like the first punch of the fight. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I I would favor Cerrone, but Hernandez. It it comes like if he is legit. The issue is someone like Aubameyang Mercier doesn't let you see the best in somebody because his game plan is to shut you down and clinch you up and tie you up, and he still find a way to win. So that that's more impressive than the Darius fight. I just but, think, yeah, I just think there's very few light. Weights outside of the elite um, who can deal with with Cowboys um, submission game firstly and obviously his excellent stand up. Yes, yeah, no, no, it's you're you're right. I think that you know on paper Cerrone Cerrone does take it, but uh, James Gallagher is headlining uh, a the Bellator Dublin card. Um, meh. <laughs> makes sense. Does it? He's not a um, local guy. But he's not. He's not good enough to headline a card. This Bellator card in Dublin... Um, it's basically a giant prelim. It's a Bama card under slightly different branding, I think. Um, lots of the European guys who've been signed up, I would assume, are going to be on this card. Yep. Um, what do you call a guy Gallagher has booked against? Uh, is it Edwards, is it? Not sure. I looked him up earlier and couldn't really see too much. Just... No, you, there's nothing on him. You know, he's he's like a, a you know, he he has a a record of you know, he's, yeah, he's gonna say he's like a fifty fifty record. He hasn't really fought anyone of note, so there's nothing. You know, that doesn't it's... mean that he couldn't be a motherfucker. He could be, oh, abs- but... absolutely. But this just it smells of hometown winnable fight. Get James Gallagher back on track. Um. Yeah, I have no problem with them with them headlining it. Um, uh, they don't really have a bigger Irish star on their books at the minute. Then don't put one on. Do you know what I mean? Like as in, put him as the co-main and and and, and actually put because I was hearing that there was rumors of Nelson and Crew Cop for that card. I think that's in. Yes, no, I know that now. But yeah. what I'm saying is that like. You do something like that, you still give us a bloody main card. Like we get so few MMA events. Like, give us a proper bloody card. Just, you know, put him on the co-main. Absolutely, I get it. You need you need to pander the home time. Put Kiefer on just before it. Kiefer Crosby, for those who don't know, he's also a badass. You know, you put, put the two of them on before it. I get it. I get it. I get it that you're not going to stack the card out. But put a bloody main event, a proper main event well, on. Well, that's unfortunately, outside of the, you know, the fight capital, as in Vegas or New York or this, that and the other, these cards tend to be regionalized because they got to sell the ticks. Yeah, it's got to be local folk. But, and but yeah, that's what I'm Bellator saying. Bellator did just put out a lot of money to sign up pretty much every pro in Ireland. I mean, you've got guy. I hope to see uh, Northern Ireland's own Big Carl Moore on that card. I would hope so, yeah. Uh, there's the face of Bama. I wonder will that nickname Richard change? Kiley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll be on it. Um, Richard Kiley, by the way, one of the one of the coolest dudes we met whenever we were 
we were filming and uh, it was actually some nice touching moments because a friend of ours um, Daniel Lenchek who unfortunately got beaten by Richard Kaidi they they were very friendly whenever they saw each other again which was quite cool to see um, and like Richard Kaidi just a, seemed to be a really really cool dude yeah. a lot of time for him really looking forward to seeing him back in the cage because rumour was he was his career was well he did retire didn't he he did yeah uh, his career was donezo because of I th- want to say knee, knee injury injuries, yeah, something like that, um, but he's a great kickboxer and yeah, face of Bellator. I hope that kicks off. I see he was mouthing off at um, Lorenz Larkin. Lorenz Larkin. That'd be a mm. good fight. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, those are the guys that, that will be on it. It's, I get that. But it's a double-edged sword because, you know, I think you, like myself, like to see, you know, as, as everybody does, big international stars. But just one. We're only asking for one. It's not unreasonable. Like, mm. I'm, I'm not complaining about the fact, that, why is this card full of European and Irish fighters? That's not what I'm complaining about. No. I'm just saying, one fight? Is that too much to ask? Well, there's still, there's still time. Hopefully there's, well, there's yeah, but, but there's, there's still time, but there's not still time to replace that because it's been announced as the main event. True. It's a bullshit move by Bellator, and especially because we've given them praise for trying to target this market. But you don't target this market by literally making your main event a guy... That only local people know. No, I think I think uh, James Gallagher's notoriety has stretched well beyond Ireland. I think. I think oh, it, I, yes, I think, I, mean, I think it is the right. No, no. Move what I mean is, I, I know that other people know he is. What I mean should have said there is more. You know, a guy that, that you can't base your card around somebody that won't like. No one is going to tune in to watch that as the main event, apart from the Irish. So you put that on as the I co-main. Don't, I don't know. Dude, he's, people, he's, people, not, he's not there yet. He will be because he's so fucking young and so unbelievably talented. No, people like tuning in to, like, um, to get his comeuppance because he can talk shit. Like He was getting on like a fucking ball bag the last fight. I loved it. Uh, yeah. He um, got, he got, but he got, you know, he, like, this is the thing. You know, he, he you... You run the risk of being Icarus with that. You fly too close to the sun, and you end up looking like what he did. But I'm re- fair play to him because the way he's handled it has been perfect. He's been out in the press, being like, "Look, it was what it was. It got beaten. I'm coming back, and I'm worried about this fight, not that fight." You know, and it's saying all the right things. But I'd you be know, happy enough with with a bigger or with a bigish fight booked as the Kumian. Like it's, it is what it is. Like it's not. It's frustrating because I think that James Gallagher is another guy that you know we talk about this all the time. Bring them on slowly. Don't put him in a main event against somebody that isn't main event caliber because it's not a main event then. And that's what they're doing. They're putting him against somebody that's also not main event character or calendar. We didn't even know who the fuck he was and we, we literally watched this sport for a living. Yeah. yeah Do you know no, what no, I'm no, saying? That's, like, that's fair. You can't have that as a main event, bro. Like, you just can't. Bellator need to fucking wise up with shit like this. One fight is all they have to do. I have no problem with them putting that on as a co-main, even though I don't have a fucking clue who the other guy is. Because, yeah, James Gallagher has a co-main in his hometown, of course. He still sells tickets if he's on... If, if he's on the card. He, no, not even if he's on the card, if he's in a, a, a co-headline yes, slot. Yes, well, no... Because no. you, you can still put the name on the, on the poster. And, and the picture and of the picture him. And, and, and the other. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully they do add something with a bit more of a... Elite feel. Yes, that's that's what I'm looking for, and it, it's not that the James Gallagher isn't excellent because he but I just is. Don't, I just don't think be. Bellator has the roster to to do this yet. Like, well, oh, it does. Sometimes I think we get ahead of ourselves. Like the roster, they have you know in those divisions, they're not that deep. The top five of each of their divisions is fine, 
they could easily. But, but what I'm saying is, like most of the top of their divisions are actually already tied up in bookings. But we'll, so. give, we'll give us the next best down then. That's not James Gallagher but next, currently. But the next best down doesn't have a name. This is the thing. Yeah, but they can they can they can free up. You need the, one the, name per it's card. The same one that uh, your man, uh, what's this called? Uh, Chalmers, Aaron Chalmers, yeah. is probably headlining the Newcastle Bellator card. And he'll probably headline it over Krokop and Nelson, which is disgusting. But that's the name of the game. Like, but it's not. That's he will the, bring. No, that's the. That's bring, some UFC shit right no, no, there. No, 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 no. But he will bring more people to that than. But who Nelson gives a fuck Krukop? about how many people turn up at the event? Well, you should because Bellator need people to turn up so that they come back and we want them to. No, no. What like, I'm saying is, I get no, I get that. But they, I, but, they, they no, don't but, have the global. No, yeah. no, no, they don't have the global recognition where the UFC could come to town and and you know sign twenty homeless people and have them all I, no, fight each I, other. I understand and people that. People would still sell it out I, because I, it's got those three letters. I, I Bellator under, doesn't have. I that understand billion. that, but the thing is that I, I'm not. I, I like what I said there again wasn't wasn't quite correct. What I mean is. Putting him on the co-main still sells fucking the same, nearly this, it probably still sells out. He doesn't have to have that headline slot over two way more respected and way more deserving headliners. Yeah. He, You know, I understand what you're saying and of course we need them. Of course we do. Um, of course we need them to sell tickets but to, for them to keep putting events on, etc, etc, and to go to sport. Of course. But what I'm saying is Aaron Chalmers is the co-main event. Say they say there's twenty five thousand seats, right? Mm-hmm. Sells twenty two thousand as the co main versus twenty five at the main, but I still think it would sell out anyway. Yeah, like that's my point. Well, I don't know. Like we we will wait and see to see what is added to the card. Oh, I fuck it, Bellator if they do that. It's the tail end of February, um, so there's plenty of time for fights to be added. Ben Wen dropped by the UFC. Not much to say about this other than Shams had some great performances. Thought he looked pretty good in his last outing, even though he he was in the the, the the correct end of a decision, if that makes sense. Like, it was the right decision he lost against, was it... Um, Wilson Hash? Yes, Wilson Hash, yeah. We watched that fight I still don't understand what we're doing with flyweight because they're continuing to Nobody put flyweight knows. fights. But, yeah, who knows? Dana being Dana. Um, I don't really know what to make of this, but there was a martial arts... A 15-year-old martial arts champion, Irina, I believe it is, Ribnikova. She died from being electrocuted in the bath, right? Now, first... I was horrified to read this. And then I read that her iPhone was in the bath, plugged in to the mains. And someone said something on social media that I suddenly got trolled for. Well, not trolled, but like shat on, where it was like, well, it's kind of dumb, isn't it? And then people were like, oh, there's a child dead. And you're like, yeah. But Darwin kind of has a way of... Yeah, find you know eking the survival of the fittest springs to mind like um that is Darwin Award shit like look dropping a f- I see if she just dropped her phone in the bath and it, that had somehow killed her I'd have been very 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 unfortunate and and I could understand the the not that I can understand the upset because the reality of it is it is tragic it is tragic that this has happened and I I would never wish this to happen. But when you read that the fucking phone's plugged in, you're like, what were you fucking thinking? Yeah. What were you thinking? Electricity and water, not not a good mix. Plugged in, dude. <laughs> oh, look, I my thoughts are of course with her family, etc. But I mean, the, it, it's needless. That's I guess what's what's frustrating about it is it's completely needless. It didn't need to happen. Yeah, it's not a great way to go. 
Made me think twice about taking my George Foreman grill in there the other day, though. Well, it's lights out for her. That's just because she tripped the entire electric system, though. (laughs) 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 That's terrible. I'm going going to hell. Um, Oh, well. Um, It'll be warm there. My friends will be there. Uh, Nick Diaz, uh, apparently... um, on the sauce. On the old saucy sauce, as he always is. Um, I'm worried about this guy. Yeah, yeah. You actually said something before the, before this that, that is so true. You're like, I'm actually, I'd rather see him get help than fight. Yeah, he just, like for the last year, two years, whatever it's been, all you see of Nick Diaz is literally him partying up. Like he's doing not a whole lot else. And he's now booked to fight Masvidal. And I suppose this... Masvidal's going to kill him, said it when this was announced. Yeah. Um, this sort of lines up with like the start of Fight Camp. And he's drinking straight vodka from the bottle. Was it water? And we're just being trolled? I, I don't know. It could be. But it's still... like It's not a good look either, right? It's what you're putting out there as public perception. Um, it's, it's not a good look. I, it's not. I don't know. I just don't think... I don't know. Like, I'm just... Like I said before, I'm just not super psyched about seeing Nick Diaz come back and fight after, what, five years off um, and just living it up like he hasn't been... Well, I don't know. Like, but then again, like just to play devil's advocate himself, we don't know what he's been doing because he could just be showing you a very small part of his life, but we're just going off what he is putting out into the public domain and, and that just seems to be that he's been enjoying his time off, living it up. Um, <coughs> yep. But if the video is, is correct, and it is in fact vodka or whatever spirit he was drinking, drinking straight spirits by yourself during the day in your house, not... It's not It's not a good look, no. no. Um, I I hope that it was a joke, but it's just knowing him. Like, that doesn't even seem like... I don't think he has the brain cells to, to make a joke like that. No. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, as in, I don't think he'd even think about that. I think he'd just be like, oh, do you know what looks cool? Me drinking vodka. Yeah, mm, so I don't... Damn girl. I don't really know what to make of it. just seems to womanise and party. And, look, this comes back to what I said about John Jones. Um, but if he wants to do that, that's cool. I'm just... I'm now... Yeah, but you can't do both and expect to win. That, that's what I mean. I'm now just worried about him because Jorge Masvidal is an absolute killer and he'll want that Diaz name on the resume. Yeah. And he'll get it. He should do. He will. He will get it. Um, but that wraps up our news section. We are on to the next section. What's that lovely music? Well, it is that wonderful time of the week where the MMA gods who normally bestow us with the power to put those uh, who have sinned in the week in MMA into hell or purgatory, or we can offer them sainthoods if they've been good. Well, they have passed the buck again, those pesky bastards, to bloody Santa Claus. It's time for the naughty and nice section this week, Mel. My first ones, who are not being very nice, Dana White. Fuck Dana White, he's on the naughty list, I'll tell you why. So, with the whole Max Holloway thing, um, and the weight cut, what, since when the fuck is it any of Dana White's business, what weight Max Holloway fights at? And do you know what killed me more than this, and this is what cemented him in the naughty list? At the press conference, he was asked, 
how much influence have you got over what weight class he fights in? Dana being the douchebag he is went a lot. I have a lot of influence as to whether or not he fights in featherweight again. Right, first of all, stay the fuck out of your lane. The guy made weight, made it look easy, looked better than Ortega did on the scales, performed far better than Ortega did, and has said he wants to defend his crown at feather his crown, his crown at featherweight. What is the problem and why is Dana White getting involved in it? There is no need for a promoter. Um, it would be different if he if if he, if Holloway struggled, I could understand his comments. But here is what annoys me more. So, Joanna on Jacek up went up and wait for this fight. Dana and we know we know that Joanna on Jacek has struggled with weight at 115 pounds on a number of occasions, right? Yep. Dana only bloody goes and says that he has he wants her to fucking stay at 115. So he can't play the fucking fighter safety card because it's different rules for Joanna, who's clearly struggled with it too. Yeah, but Dana doesn't give a shit about fighter safety particularly. So what's his point? Is it just because there's more fights? Absolutely. Uh, And it's quite funny because if you've been looking at the UFC social media accounts over the last few days, every single one of them has been posting polls on if or or when Holloway moves up to 155. Who would you like to see him fight? So it's all... It's going to happen, basically. It's all being geared towards that. Um, so, yeah, you know, his interest in where and influence in what division Holloway fights in is uh, purely about putting some some pennies in his pocket. It infuriates me that that's what, it's, that's what this comes down to. Um... It just comes down to the fact that it, it's just what Dana wants, but it's it's the fact that he can't just say it. I I have no problem with him basically being a dictatorship because that's how it is at the moment. Other than the fact that there's so much bullshit around it, we'll just say it. Just say. I'm also there's better fights for him there. I'm doubling down on Dana on the naughty list for whatever reason or whatever issue he has with Tyron Woodley. Ah, there's another one. This is another. This is exactly the point that I just made. Just come out and say it. Look, I don't like that. I don't like Tyron Woodley. I don't really care when he fights again. Instead of like shitting on him, oh, he's just so inactive. He hasn't been that inactive. He fought in September. Yeah, it's just. I I don't know. Like, there's clearly a strained relationship there between Woodley and the UFC for whatever reason. I think the clue is in the surname. I think Dana is a racist. Big claim. Big claim. I don't really. That would just be funny if he turned out to be. It's like his surname's actually like Dana White Parr, but he had to like P. He had to like yeah, Dana White P. But just he has to like, dude, it's not good. The WME group are like, that's not a good look, mate. You're gonna have to get rid of that. No. Um, I I don't know his beef with Tyron. Yeah. Um, he seems desperate to get that belt off him. Um, which I don't see happening anytime soon. But yeah, it's the double standards as well. It's you know, claiming Tyron, you know, when does he ever want to fight? What, you know, does he ever want to fight anybody? Yes, he fights the top contenders. Every apart, time. Apart from when he's injured. Uh, but you seem to give him so much shit about it. He fought, as we said, in September against Darren Till. Um, Woodley has come out and said he's not medically cleared to fight yet, but will fight in the first quarter of 2019, which... is fine. Is absolutely fine. That's on course for a fairly active champion. Um don't see Dana White coming out and bashing other non-active champions like Rose Namajunas, who hasn't fought in, what, eight, nine, ten months? Yep. 
nothing being said there. Yeah, Joanna's uh, fought twice then. Yeah, Joanna's fought twice since uh, losing uh, to Rose. So I don't know. I'm just like, I think we're. I think the UFC is past this. We need a figurehead. We need a personality. Like, it was fine in the Wild West and legitimizing it. And we all, I think all MMA fans went through a period of, oh, we all love Dana White. He calls it as it is, but now we're just fucking sick of the guy. He used to. Yeah, and now it's all corporate and double standards and hypocritical and all about the bottom line. And I just think it's an antiquated position within a sports company this size. Like, I don't see the chief executive of the Premier League coming out and talking no. mad shit about no. the players or the managers. Um, I don't really follow other uh, any other American sports, but I'm pretty sure the NBA doesn't have a commissioner or president who's coming out and talking shit about the players and they're scared to do this and this, that and the other. So, yeah, I think it's... If they want to, they want to continue this push for ultra-professionalism, they're going to have to get rid of that. Yeah, stop yeah. being such a fucking goof. Well, basically, what happened was whenever you know pre UFC having the monopoly on on anything MMA related, um, you know D- Dana did sort of call it as you see it, as you would say, or called it as he saw it. And I think at that stage, you know, it was fine. You could deal with it because he was, you know, he was putting the foot down, calling people out that deserve to be called out. But now it's all about money, and he's still maintaining the act, but maintaining it as if it's not just about money. Um, but yeah, fuck him. He, much like Eve Levine last week, he is not getting the hair he wanted for Christmas. No, no. Santa says, fuck off, Dana. Not a mission. He's, his elves have scrapped that wig. A stocking full of coal. Stocking full Which of coal. he could probably... He won't, he won't take it because it's black. Oh, jeez. I was thinking he could rub it on his head to give the impression of hair. <laughs> like some shadowing. Shadowing, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I like, I don't know. I don't know if, like, Dan, like I doubt Dan is racist, but... Um, I doubt Dan is racist. But it's possible. It's always possible. <laughs> but anything's possible. Um, who is on your naughty or nice list this uh, week? First up on my naughty list, and we spoke about her earlier, Jessica. Ah, oh, fuck Jessica. She's got a bad Actually, case. Actually, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Definitely not. She's got a bad case of the Chris Weidmans in that you lose three or four and then you win some shitty fights and you're in line for a title shot. The sense of entitlement here is baffling. Um, it's just not a very likable individual. Um, no, she's and not. slightly appears nearly delusional about her standing and yes. or ability. Yes. Um so for those reasons, I mean, we've already touched on it earlier. Well, what's she not getting for Christmas? A title shot, hopefully. Fair. For I those see. reasons, you... Yeah, in her stocking. An interim title shot. Oh, I wouldn't even. Nah. I wouldn't even. No title shot. Number one contenders fight. Yeah. Against... Kind of has to be. Nico, against Brock Lesnar. Against Brock Lesnar. Against no, Nico the disappearing Montana. woman, Nico Montana. Yeah. Who probably won't ever fight in the UFC again. But just but that, that's what I would like to see. Just her booked against Nico Montano until Nico Montano that's drops fair. out at the weigh-ins every fight, and then they just rebook it. Just a permanent cycle. Of On sorry, go ahead. Just permanent cycle of just contendership. Yeah, and Nico Montano dropping out of the fight. So oh, neither missing fight. weight. Um, Martin Ford, the bodybuilder, KSW fighter guy, right? So, 
I think until you've had your fight, you can't claim to be a fighter. No, absolutely not. But here is what I'm so, losing my mind at. He is going on my naughty list because he was saying the other day that MMA's really saved him since he lost his career in cricket. Cricket? Who gives a fuck about cricket? Who the fuck plays cricket? Who cares? Cricket is one of the shittest sports that has ever existed, ever. Any sport that fucking takes place over days can go suck a fucking dick. I like cricket? To, I like cricket? To, I like to be the voice of reason. But in this case, I am 100% fuck cricket. Fuck cricket. Fuck cricket. Fuck cricket. I am no interest in fuck cricket. cricket. And it's your thing as well. I really it's, hope he was that size when he played So he is a tiny little bat. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like batting with a pencil <laughs> yeah like the thing is that, that I find ridiculous about this isn't just that like I mean obviously if you're a cricket fan fair enough to different strokes for different folks um, why? obviously taking the piss someone, someone, yeah, but yeah why there's actually tell us there's legitimately good cricket. sports out there so yeah if one of you's a cricket fan as Mel says tweet at us and let us know one redeeming feature because I think you'll struggle anyway um, the thing that annoyed me about it was I was reading and he was like so yeah I had an injury and then I I was going through a real tough time mentally and I was like why? Because you realised you'd spent your entire fucking life working towards being a professional cricket player, and then when you couldn't, you were like, "Oh shit! What a useless set of fucking skills to have." May as well get on them roids. Cricket, cricket. God, like, like it is the right. I used to play cricket in school. Cricket's fun to play, especially twenty twenty cricket. But is it a sport? Barely. Barely. <laughs> I'll give it sports status, but it's just barely. It's a dull game, and th- like, and the there's, no- there's nothing. Think of the most enjoyable sports activities you can do. You don't want to do them for several days straight. It's watching it that I don't get. No, like I get, I get, I get it. Like in terms of playing it, and it's a summer sport, and it's this that. But like, who actually sits and watches cricket? Any sport where you literally have a lunch break. It's probably not that intense. And when it rains, we've got to, oh shit, we've got to get the little tarp out over the fucking field, otherwise we can't play. I like their little white outfits, though. Yeah, their little white outfits. It's like the, it's like the polar opposite of funeral wear. It's heaven's gate wear. Dana White approves of the colour scheme, though. He does indeed. <laughs> Dana wee white pee. Um, but the thing is, like, it's, the whole thing is just conceptually wrong. Like, why, why, why that number of people? Why, why is it that you get like, I get that you get more points for hitting it straight over the rope, but why, why, why that number of people? Why three little wickets? Why, why the little fucking or three stumps and the little wicket things? Why do you have to bowl that way? Why can't you just like baseball it? I don't know. Like it's just the whole. There are too many questions about cricket, but I also don't it's, care enough to ask them. It's like a really antiquated rounders. Look, rounders would make up. I would watch rounders before I would watch cricket. Yeah. At least shit happens in rounders. Yeah, that's true. Cricket rounders is, is like going to the cinema, and cricket is like going for afternoon tea. No, cricket is like going to church as a kid, like but like a proper Presbyterian, oh. drawn out, like no redeeming, like long hiring like that's cricket where you're kind of sitting there like too young to understand what's going on and going what what is this mm. yeah like it is and and you know what one thing i will say about it as well and i'm sorry if you're one of these people 
but see the guys in school. Like I went to what is universally regarded as one of the best schools in Northern Ireland, right? Now that was not a brag because I have fuck all GCSEs because I did not care. Um, but see the guys that were in the cricket? It's because their dads were in the cricket. And see those people? Fuck all those people. Like the kind that still played cricket at the weekend. They're like that's like that's like someone whose dad plays croquet. Or my dad plays polo. And not water polo, because at least water polo's fun. Bit gay. It is a bit. Water polo is a bit gay. Someone I was speaking to recently was telling me that one of their mates was like absolutely looted because he like knows shit tons about water polo and the bookies don't know how to Really? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Who was I speaking to? I can't remember who it was. I apologise if you're actually listening, because I think it might have been one of the guys in the BJJ club or IFS or something. Just making bank? Yeah, just making bare dollar, because the the bookies have no idea how to put odds on it, and he just, like, knew shit tons. He had, like, loads of inside info about water polo. Fair enough. Yeah. Should have a water polo section. Well... The point I was trying to make there is, Martin Ford, um, you're you're on the naughty list because you like cricket. <laughs> that, that alone that, gets him on the naughty list. No, I'm joking aside. What my actual issue with him is, is that... Said. Yeah. All natural, bro. That's my issue with him, really, is that he's a juice head. And, like, you know, imagine... No wonder he was good at cricket. <laughs> just, just, it's like he doesn't hit the ball very often but when he does he cracks the ball in the 30 pieces <laughs> like yeah, lands on the next continent the other thing as well with cricket is it's exceptionally dangerous and I do love dangerous sports like clearly um, but it just seems dangerous for no point yeah like what like I'm, I'm still confused what's the point in cricket I don't know name like, me a famous cricket player that isn't Freddie Flintoff or Brian Lara Paul Sterling is he actually a cricket player? Yeah, he is. I, I don't know enough to challenge <laughs> you on this. You could be making this up. I, I'm not. He is... Uh, uh, went to school with him, and he plays for Ireland and Middlesex now, I believe. <laughs> of course you know someone like... Of course, of course I do. do. Um, and he's great at cricket. Well, presumably. But I will never pretend to like cricket for the sake of... Friendship. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you're listening, Sterlo. Keep going at it. Yeah. It's just, it's a shite sport. I disagree. If you're listening, Sterling, you should probably find yourself a better hobby. Um, yeah, I see he's outrageously good at it. Yeah, but and? Well, it, it, presumably those skills aren't transferable don't to anything else. Hit the game. Oh, I don't hate him personally. I'm sure he's an absolutely lovely fella. I'm just questioning his life choices. Um, tongue in cheek, obviously. Um, Martin Ford and Cricket. Both on Santi's not Santa's not a list. Santi, Santi, Santi pants. Um, Spanish so, Yeah, I, I, I don't even specifically have a clear reason, but I don't think I need one. Just fuck cricket and fuck Martin Ford. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what about you? Uh, I am going to put forth Ben Askren <coughs> for the nice list to get a lovely. Present. Oh my goodness! Because um, he is willing to fight anybody. At this point, seems that way, and that is refreshing. He's, yeah, he's, he's gone after uh, Usman and Covington. Yeah, uh, especially since Usman is accusing Covington of ducking him and ignoring him and not wanting to fight, and uh, Askren quite eloquently uh, called him out for his hypocritical approach because he wants a fight, and the exact same things happening to him. So, yeah, Ben Askren, he deserves a present, and in his stocking, he will get. A number one contenders fight. Excellent. I I cannot uh, 
I cannot uh, disagree um, at all. I think that, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, middle easy, um, middle easy. Now posting about uh, Conor McGregor. That's not good. Um, so it's looking like these are stirringly coming up to be. Uh, also, um, it makes sense because one of the things they're highlighting is his last post on Instagram, Conor McGregor, the one of him going out the car. Yeah. Here is what his comment was underneath it, which in hindsight, now that we've heard what the rumours are, is a bit weird. Their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. Dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. You'll see. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these uh, civilised people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Is that a cryptic Joker quote from Batman? I think so. Dark Knight? Yeah. But it's a bit... Well, anyway, we'll, 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 uh, we will see. Um, still waiting on more confirmation of that. But um, no, I completely agree with you about Ben Askren. I can't see any reason why. Well, one thing Santa will bring him is a hat to cover that ridiculous hair. I like the hair. I like the hair as well, but it is ridiculous. It is, but you don't want to cover it up. No, no, maybe not. Um, he has a bit of a Christmas elf look to He does, to doesn't he? You'd imagine him with a wee... Or hobbit. Elf hat, yeah. Like a really vicious hobbit. The world's most vicious He's just hobbit. getting double-legged. Yeah. He'd be like king of the fucking hobbits. King of the hobbits. I love it. The king of hobbiton. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what? He is genuinely one of my favourite personalities on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's great. And, and I, I really look forward to... So, like, I could see him destroying Usman and Covington. I don't know. We were, t- we were talking about this off-air. Until I see him against somebody on this level... It's really hard to gauge where yeah. he's at. Well, I, I agreed with you on that. My point with that was that Lawler, I think, is more dangerous to him than the other two because he can strike like fuck and can wrestle. As where I think Usman and Covington, neither of them are dynamic enough on the feet to stop Askren from getting a shot off and, and getting his hands on them. And once his hands are on either of them, I think that his wrestling does supersede either of those guys' wrestling. Guys that are both known for wrestling, yeah. but I just think that he's that good with wrestling. And if you... Absolutely, but it's it's whether they've got enough to nullify that because he, he just doesn't carry much of a threat at all on the feet to make no. it, to really think otherwise about it. And those guys, big, strong guys... They mightn't be technically better wrestlers than him, but within the confines of MMA, you never know. It's absolutely true. Um, my nice list, Santa is very pleased with Henner Gracie. Explain. Reason for this is, there was a lot of people complaining about the cornering uh, during the Ortega and Holloway match, right? And Including me. Including you, yeah. Um, I thought the fight was stopped at the right time. Yep. Um, I also thought it was stopped the right way. Yep. But footage has surfaced of Henner um, telling the doctor, look, you need to speak to him. And then he turns around and says to Ortega, I'm not going to let you fucking die in there. Um, so it's basically him saying, like, look, you're not fighting. Because it, what I'm gathering had happened is Henner said no. Brian was like, I'm fine. I'm sweet. And then Henner was to the doctor, look, you need to talk to him and tell him he can't fucking fight, essentially. Um so I would like to give him a nice reward. Um, the problem is, as somebody that wants to give him a present from Santa, 
what do you give the man that already has everything? Six foot four, handsome man, world class Brazilian jiu jitsu, has a nice family. What do you get him? <laughs> what do you get him I for know, Christmas? I don't, I don't think we should get him anything because I am not going to second this notion. That doesn't matter. Why? Because I just don't think his cornering was great for Based on. He offered no good advice all the way up until the end. And his only piece of technical advice was you need to tie him up. Like, I need more than that if you're getting pieced up. I do not think that uh, Henry Gracie was qualified to be the the lead corner in a UFC title fight. Because he is not an MMA coach. Hmm. He is an excellent, like, don't get me wrong, world-class, world-class ground coach. But this fight was not on the ground, yeah, and he but, ultimately could not help. But you tend to have lead corners that are from one discipline anyway. You know, like, if, right. okay, so, okay, so say if you put put his boxing coach in as the lead corner, well, his boxing coach wasn't able to give him any helpful advice during that, during the, the rounds either. You know, so... Well, all I heard, well, th- I think that was a cornering mistake, that the, the advice was not broken up properly, because the only voice I heard was Henner's. Um, and I just don't. I think the advice he was giving Ortega wasn't fantastic or particularly technical or helpful. Um, I I, just, I can appreciate that he uh, assisted with the right stoppage because there was no point sending him out for the fifth round. Absolutely not. In my eyes, I hundred percent agree with you. It was stopped at the right time and the right way. I don't know. I so think I'll that give him half props for that. Brian posted on Facebook on social media, sorry, saying that uh, he was willing to die in the cage, and I think that that just furthers the point that you know that Brian wanted to continue, and Henner made sure it stopped. And I just fail to see That's how just, that. I, I think uh, yeah, he gets half a present for that <laughs> for being a good guy and being a, a friend. No, no, that's that's good cornering, whether you like it or not. Nah, it's it not. is. It is because we, how many times have we look? This is what I said before we started. We are very, very quick to get to shit on corners when they do something terrible, like Rocky Pennington, or I thought there's been tons of other ones. I thought there, but that's what I'm saying. Like there's a, there's a mix here. I thought there was shit cornering up until that point, and then that was just the decent thing to do. I don't think it was exceptional cornering. Like that guy couldn't see. Is the doctor was going to stop it regardless because his eye mm. was shut. So I I will give him half a Christmas present, half a selection box, but we'll have eaten the good chocolate out of it. We'll have had the crunchy yeah, and the curly-whirly. Nothing but dark so chocolate. So Hannah said, there. when we arrived at the hospital, the first thing you said to me was, I'm sorry. My brother, you have nothing to be sorry about. You came from nothing and you competed on the highest level against one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. For four rounds, you took his best shots, but you never went down and you never stopped firing back. The heart you displayed last night could never be taught and I've never been so proud to be your coach, your friend, your fan. You didn't fail. Max prevailed, and if it was ever possible to win a defeat, you let it. You did it last night. I love you, bro. I I feel to see how he doesn't. Yeah, but I feel to see how he doesn't get on the a fucking great present from Santa for that. That's just being nice and sentimental. Not, and and yeah, but I mean, I'm not rewarding him for just being a nice human being. Well, that's that's not what he's being rewarded for. He's being rewarded for saving Brian from himself because without him, he also coached Brian into that beating. He's not responsible for the... Well, being the lead coach, you're semi-responsible. We were talking about this earlier with, with uh, in regards to John Kavanagh. Like, you do bear some of the burden but being if the it, lead coach. But he couldn't take him down. You know, like he... Yeah, well, if you're the grappling coach, that's kind of on you. Yeah, but no, no, but that's not. That's like, if, if his defense is so good that you can't get him down, you know, 
you, there's nothing you can do. I, well, I'm not saying. That. I'm saying that the advice. He I assumed that they thought he could get him down. Was, was not was not good enough. It was not practical. Here's the thing, though. Repeat, repeating, you need to tie him up. But going over into the fight, I think that they 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 assumed wrongly, absolutely. But I think that they assumed that they could tie him up and they would be able to take him down. You need more than that. That's like that's like the equivalent of saying you need to punch him. I I don't know if that's the case because jiu-jitsu, you know, theoretically on paper, you know, I think that they they had an idea that they would be able to, but it was just so much different in there because of the level. I think that they underestimated Max. I don't think. I think they they skipped a a good bit of it. Either they underestimated Max's striking or overestimated Brian's. Overestimated Brian's, I think. But they missed the the in between the clinch. The how to get it to the ground. I think that seems to be a, a neglected area. I of agree. Fight preparation. I agree with that, but I don't blame Henner for that solely because I think that there. The, you know, I'm not blaming him solely, but I'm just saying that. But like, you're not letting him have a nice present. I'm not. I'm saying he can have half a nice present. But, but he, he should have a nice, a full, nice present. Well, what would you give Henner? I told you. What do you give man who has everything? It's a tough call. Nothing. Give him a white belt so he can start again. No, I would probably. I would give him an ice pack. Which he could then pass on to Brian. But fine, I agree. But the ice pack goes melted. And they have to freeze it they themselves. Freeze it okay, themselves. that's fair. We can compromise on that. That works. Um, have you got anybody else? I am going to put forward on the nice list. Oh. Brave Combat Federation. For Brave being. FC. Philly Campbell represent our friend yeah. um, and brother from another mother. Um, the commentator for Brave FC. Yeah. I'm putting them forward for being the first major organization uh, to scrap welterweight and change their weight divisions to 165 pound super lightweight yep. and 175 pound super welterweight titles. Makes and sense. This makes far more sense to have titles every 10 pounds. Yes. I'd even go as far as adding a 195 pound title. Yeah. Yeah, and 205, and then you could even, would they could potentially be the first to put a cruiserweight into Exactly. I think this is a great move. Um, that's always long been my complaint, that if you're going to add 165, that's too close to welterweight. You need to change welterweight or scrap it, uh, and I believe they've just entirely scrapped 170 pounds. So, kudos to them. Leading the way mm. in the weight class debate. And you know what? Like it could be there. We were talking about this last week, week before, yeah. that they need, they just need a hook to to really break it even bigger onto the the world stage. Yep. Uh, and having super lightweight and super welterweight titles could be a uh, very attractive proposition for fighters. Current, you know, the the tweeners in between those divisions. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. And for Christmas, I give them two shiny new title belts. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, toy ones or actual ones? Actual ones. It seems ridiculous that you're giving them two title belts worth like probably a thousand bucks and we can't even give a frozen ice pack to Henner. Brave are a bit short of money. They need the help. Yeah, you're right. All that oil money from the benevolent king of Bahrain. All praise be. Um, um, yeah, and they can give those out to whoever earns them. Uh, well, yeah, and kudos to Brave. They've done a lot of things right. Um, I think that, um, I've said this in the podcast before, the next thing for them is just getting that one name. They need to scoop up do. A, a Sage Northcutt. A Imagine Sage Northcutt at £165. Yes, please. Yeah. 
um, you know, you, you, you scoop up someone like that or a guy like Brandon Vera. Yeah, don't you know, think he's going anywhere, but someone like that. Yeah, yeah, someone like that. A Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt could be a good shot. Mark Hunt the Brave. I think he'd struggle to make 175, though. Well, yeah, but hopefully, you know, if they put that 195 in, <laughs> you know. Just have to lose one leg then. Yeah, well, I mean, I, he'd probably still beat a lot of people with one leg. I think if you took one of Mark Hunt's legs off, I don't even know if he'd make 195. That's still a hell of a weight cut uh, after yeah, that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably is. Um, so I have one more for the list, and it is Mr. Brian Ortega. Uh, he is going on the list for a couple of reasons. One, he is genuinely... Um, not pretty no more. Well, no, he's not. A broken nose and a broken thumb, um, which which is a shame because... But he had lovely thumbs. If he, well, no, I was thinking more, it's like... He can't really give people a thumbs up on Facebook anymore because they'll just think he's joking. I'm telling you, they'll just think he's taking it's the, the piss. It's the worst thing which could it's, possibly have happened to him coming out of this. Forget thing. all the damage he took, not being able to do that. I'm just just a quick about thumbs up and WhatsApp. Uh, Plus, what about Claudia Gadelia? If he can't use his thumbs anymore. She definitely has the grappling advantage there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I'm worried about his Hollywood career because sure, he apparently was going to film a movie. <laughs> but. Uh, not looking like that, you're not. Um, I, I don't know. So he gets, he gets for a start, Santa's very pleased with how tough he was and how much heart he displayed. Santa was most impressed, well, from what I hear. Um, but the real reason is, in the true spirit of Christmas, what's Christmas all about? Well, it's about the kids, isn't it? It's all about the kids, not... Well, did we even cover that yet? No. Okay, well, we'll get to that later. Not in that way. Um, but uh, Ortega showing... You know, we've seen it. We've seen it a bunch of times. Him and Hen are doing, you know, rolling at exhibitions at schools and things like that, and and, and it's great. But two things that I thought were were pretty cool about this in the open workouts, um, he was it. They they gave away a t shirt for a kid, and what they did was they got the little kid who was maybe like seven or eight to like cling on like a backpack. And then Brian Ortega had to like roll, and he was trying to like thrash him off his back. And it was he was obviously going hard enough to make it difficult, but not not so hard he'd hurt the kid or whatever. And it just it looked like a lot of fun. The kid at the time of his life, but after the fight, pumping uh, pumping mini blast with some knuckles there, giving them we fist bump. I thought that was a cla- t- t- classes more but. so for that. I will, I will give him kudos for obviously safe to say probably the most disappointing moment possibly of his life. Yes, to give some uh, knuckles to your uh, to your opponent's son. Mini blessed, yeah, mini blessed, little hero. I think he's class. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I know you're not you're not mini blessed's biggest fan. I, I'm fine with him. He needs to get those earrings out. I'm fine with him. Look, me and him are cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, but like, yeah, I mean, stop manufacturing <laughs> drama when there isn't any. Well, that wraps up our naughty and light. Actually, no, it doesn't. We have one more that, to be honest, I'm kind of even debating whether or not we should even include it in this because this because, segment yeah, is fun. Um, this is not lighthearted. Uh, Ian Kidd, who writes for SP Nation. Uh, no, it was, oh, it might have been Bloody Elbow. Yeah, they? Bloody Elbow, yes. Yeah. Um, he is one of their longtime journalists and he was arrested for indecent images, indecent videos, um, a lot of paedophilic images and things like that. and. Yeah. The naughty list don't really cut it for this, and uh, I think that the MMA gods would, in the true spirit of Christmas, like to forget about that and just send him straight to fucking hell. Yeah, he has been expelled from the world of MMA. There is no place for this man. No. Um, you can even call him a man. It's a shame that 
John Jones had to stick his oar in though, um, and someone tweeted and it was perfect. You said this, and it was actually the first point that came to my mind. He got all defensive about it and called him a pedo or something on on Twitter, right? Something like that, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you do, you don't really get to take a moral high ground when you run over a pregnant woman, or coke, so or drink, or whatever. Very unfortunate use of a hashtag within his tweet. He hashtagged child pornography. Mm. Who the fuck is searching? Hashtag child pornography. I'll tell you who's fucking searching. Probably Ian Kidd. Yeah, um, an ir- ironic surname. I'll give him that. But um, you know, it just it's it's just it, obviously there isn't anything that like you know you run the risk of coming all social justice warrior if you you go overboard with this. There isn't anything that I can add or say that anyone probably doesn't already think about this. Um, it does t- trouble me greatly. Um. I'm just glad that he's been cast out of the the MMA industry because, well, to be honest, he should be cast out of any industry he's in. Yeah. Um. And I and I hope that uh, on a more liberal note, I hope that he gets whatever fucking help it is he needs to to at least protect, if nothing else, to protect people from from this happening again. Um. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 wraps that up. Uh, so sorry to bum you out after having a bit of Christmas banter there, but uh, needs must. So. Of course, it is UFC on Fox 31 this week in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which, by the way, my adopted American hometown. If I were to be an American, this is where I would be, you. Um, here's why. I When I went on my cross-community project for five weeks in 2005, um, which is weird. This is the second time I've spoken about this trip on this podcast, first being the Guinness incident. Had a big impact on you. Um, it did. Um, well, it, it actually was because... I was supposed to go on that trip. Well, so to the, yeah, that's it. So to those who don't know, we actually we have a cross community project that happens here um, when you're fifty fifteen, um, and you can go to America. You have to pay to go. It's not um, it's not free. Um, but when you're there, you do cross community work. And kind of one of the things that was eye opening about it was up until and like people think that we're joking about this when we say it in Northern Ireland. Like, we didn't really have... Like, racism wasn't really that much of a thing, you know, 20-odd, 30-odd years ago, because we didn't really have a lot of, you know, different races. Like, you, there was... There were... I all, still think, the, even still, we have, like, 90-something percent Caucasian. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I mean. I'm not trying to, like, belittle and be like, well, I don't think racism was really a problem 20 years ago. I don't mean it like that. I just mean, in terms of sheer numbers, it wasn't, you know... It wasn't an overwhelming problem in the way that it is in the likes of London or Glasgow or big cities that have huge percentages of of mixed race. And um, whenever we went to, you know, our our thing was always sectarianism. That was what we had. We always had, are you Protestant or Catholic? And if, you know, and let's fight about what you are or aren't. Um, And we had the IRA and... The, the loyalist paramilitaries, you know, that's what we had. That was our shit. That was our cross to bear, if you will. Um, but but it was a really eye-opening experience for me because the whole point was we went over and spoke to them about that while they kind of spoke to us about racism and stuff. And it was kind of eye-opening because it was the first time I'd ever actually had to factor it in. Like, as a 15-year-old, that's just a pretty formative time of your life, kind of being yeah. like, oh, shit, like, I can see why this is a real big problem. But also, timeline-wise sectarianism started to become a problem there a couple of years before that with i mean obviously it had always been on some level but mm. you know i think that um you know the uh, the september 11th attacks there was a lot of hatred towards certain religions and yeah. and things like that so it was kind of a really formative thing and and it was really mutually beneficial thing in terms of the 
the team that we were in because you got paired up with another team and you live with their family. Um, and uh, yeah, so Milwaukee was where where I went, and I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, you know who else loves it? Who? Wallace Cooper. What's well, that's because he's from Milwaukee. <laughs> from Wayne's World. I think he is from Milwaukee, is he not? I don't know where he's from. Um, I just remember that section from Wayne's World. Does this guy know how to party? I'm going to feel stupid if he's not now. Alex Kippert. No, he's not. He's from Detroit. Um, To be fair, though, another cold place in America, so they at least have that in common. But Milwaukee, um, downtown Milwaukee was fucking awesome. Um, Home of the Harley-Davidson, of course, and Miller Beer, and, of course, Milwaukee's best beer. Called Milwaukee's best, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So pleased to see Milwaukee getting some love. Um, the card is a pretty tough one to pick. Um, let's fly through our picks on topology. Uh, topology, please feel free to join us. Topology for those who don't know is just a fun little thing you can do where you can sign in, create an account, you can get picks. Um, and whenever you get those picks right, you get awarded with points. The more points you get, you get little belts as promotion. There is no money involved. There is no anything other than bragging rights. And we, of course, have the uh, Super Ad MMA UFC Pick'em group, which you can add uh, and you can play along with us. So um, we're pretty much going to talk about just the uh, the main card here. Um, so we're going to start off with uh, Charles Oliveira and Jim Miller 2. Um I fail to see how this doesn't end the same as the last one. Um, Olivier has him on the ground dominantly. Um, I think it is going to be a round one submission for Oliveira. Yeah, I have went the exact same way, in fairness. Uh, Oliveira <coughs> tends to win by submission only. Um, Jim Miller's... When, when was the first Oliveira fight? Uh, 2014, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Jim Miller, you know, wrong side of 35, had a, had a great career, um, really needed that last win over Alex White because he was on a what, four or five fight losing streak, but yeah, Oliver. 2010. That long ago? Mm, um, I think so. But yeah, it's hard to see past Oliveira, who's still very much in his prime at yep. 29 years old now obviously super experienced as well um, yeah I see Oliveira hurting him on the feet early and then putting him away on the ground so I've also gone Oliveira first round submission it was actually on Sunday the 12th of December 2010 George St. Pierre versus Josh Koscheck was the main event a long time ago. Um, it was eight years ago. Oh, pretty close to the day, you know, handful of days out. But uh, yeah, I, I agree completely. I think that Oliviera has him everywhere, but the ground is... That's where it's going to happen, bro. Um, this one that's coming up uh, is a tough one for a number of reasons, which we'll get into. Sergio Pettis, um, a... Well... I don't want to say a surging Sergio Pettis. Um, you know, he's had two, two losses in three fights, but... Um, the last one, the loss against Formiga, the last one where uh, he wore Formiga like a backpack for two rounds straight. And still lost. Uh, it wasn't... wasn't great. Um, yeah, I'm sure it was a frustrating loss because it, as in terms of damage, he didn't receive that much, but it was no. just... It was just positional... Dominance, was, yeah, yeah. yeah, positionally dominated for two rounds. But um, the, you know, there's... Before that, coming off a win over Joseph Benavidez, though. Yeah, and only, as we said last week, only elite guys tend to beat Jose Benavides. True. Um, and Henry Cejudo, who of course is champ. Uh, 
so Rob Font, let's start with this. Rob Font, uh, bantamweight. So one of the things that's interesting about this fight is this is Sergio Pettis coming up from flyweight to go up to bantamweight. So there is something of note there. Could he look different? I think so. Yes, I, think. I agree. From what I understand, the cut for Sergio Pettis was di- was a difficult one. Um, it's almost like it runs in the family. True that. Um, I think he'll look much better. I mean, you forget, this guy's been in the UFC for, what, six years? He's 25? I know. That's mad. He's, um, he's still learning. He is still learning. Great record. Um, I think he'll just look better. He'll be less drained. I think... Hometown boy, too. Hometown fight, yeah. Uh, the speed difference he'll carry up um, will, I think, be the difference in this. Now, I don't see him having the one-shot kill power at 135, which Rob Font has. Absolutely. Um, but I think uh, Pettis, with, if he's able to stay on the outside, use his movement, use you know the speed advantage, I, I, have, I see Pettis, you know, piecing up Rob Font the outside and winning a winning a decision. That is one way that I I could see, but I unfortunately do have Font winning. I think he so you, you hit the nail on the head. He's just got that dynamite in his hands. Uh, and I can't think of a time that Pettis has fought somebody that cracks like that. No, well, at the smaller divisions, it's... Yeah, exactly. John Moraga, may, maybe not, not really. He's got yeah. he can he can knock you out, but not not in the way that Font can. And Font makes a habit of of getting people done um, and getting getting rid of them quick. So, I think this is this is a pick'em fight. This is is pretty close. Um, Font's coming off a loss to Rafael Asuncao, but once again, like Asuncao's a nightmare at yeah. thirty five. Like, the other loss to Pedro Munoz. Yeah. Um, so there's no shame in those. Well, there's only other loss recently. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, look, I, I, I have Font in a, by round one TKO, um, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised by, you know, if Sergio Pettis can't keep me on the outside. I just, I think that Font will come out strong for the first round and will find a way to land it. And I just, I, I suppose my 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 method here... Will Sergio Pettis' chin, not that he's ever been chin. That's what I was going to say. Will the reduced weight cut help his chin? I would say it would help his chin, and it's not that I believe that he's chinny, and that's what makes me think that he's going to get clocked. I just, I worry well, it's, it's, that he hasn't experienced it yet. Well, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, less weight, less dehydration is obviously going to help your... Oh, no, no, it, that, that's what I'm saying, is that I, yeah. I don't... I, I have nothing to say that Sergio's chinny, and that's why I think Rob Font will win. It's just, because I've never seen him be hit, I don't even know if he's chinny. True. You know, like, I've no, never yeah, yeah. seen him get cracked by yeah. someone that can actually crack. So, my, my X factor, if you will, in this fight is Rob Font cracking him with something and him swilting under it. If he has zero chin issues, which I don't think he has, but it's just, as I say, it's difficult to say, and he's probably not been hit outside of sparring by anyone like Rob Font. Um, and even in that, sparring tends to be a little bit controlled. So Sparring his brother. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Is you, you know, his fucking brother's already cracking him, though. Be hitting him, but he'll not and be... I've heard that the old uh, Roof Sport Gym Wars can be... Pretty spicy. Pretty gnarly, yeah. Plus he's had... Uh, a couple of years training with CM Punk, who's a big welterweight. He is a big welterweight. Cracks hard. Cracks hard. Under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I favour Font, so um, 
Yeah. The next one, probably oh, the, the, the biggest motherfucker of a fight to pick. Edson Barbosa fighting Daniel Hooker. Um, I don't even know where to begin on this. Daniel Hooker, great fighter. Really, really like him. One of the guys I've been keeping a close eye on over the last sort of year and a half, two years. Um, last fight, absolutely starched Gilbert Burns, who we were giving praise to earlier on for his fight against Olivia Aubin-Mercier. Um, you know, beat Jim Miller, beat Mark Diakese, beat Ross Pearson. The only concern I have with those, not elite names. Or certainly when he fought them, they weren't. Yes. You know, Ross Pearson hasn't been on a great run. Like we said, Jim Miller, that was right in the middle of a four-fight losing streak. Uh, the Gilbert Burns one, you can't take away because, like we just said, Gilbert Burns looked as good as he's ever looked. But beyond that, Mark Diakese... He's an odd one. Like we had this debate last time he fought. You know, is he is he a bit overrated? Maybe. Um, I don't think he's overrated. I think it's a hype thing. I yeah. think you see a six foot. You know, well that time one forty five er, but now one fifty five er. Really good frame for it. You know, you see him coming in and you know going through guys. Okay, he lost to Jason Knight um two years ago, but you know he trains with Israel Adesanya. He trains yeah. over in Tiger Muay Thai. Because you know, he's a guy who fought. He's obviously better at lightweight, but he has made it down to featherweight. You know, he's fought a couple of times in the UFC at featherweight. Edson Barboza is a big lightweight. Now, do I think this becomes a grappling game between the two of them? No. I just think Edson Barboza has fought super elite fighters for a long, long time. Um, has been there and done it. Um, hasn't, like his last few losses, he lost to Habib. Everyone loses to Habib. Um, and before, who did he lose to last? Uh, Kevin Lee. <coughs> but he had Kevin Lee in all, all sorts of, of shit, trouble. Yeah. Um, I just, I think people may be writing off Edson Barboza a bit too soon. Uh, I think, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, uh, you know, I think Hooker's never been shown, you know, to be vulnerable, particularly to, to strikes, but... Edson Barbosa is a different beast. Look, he's, the, he's, the, he's ranked eighth in the world. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and he's as you said, it's, it's Habib and long, Kevin Lee. He's been there for a long time. And the stoppage with Lee was, you know, as you said, he had Lee in all kinds of trouble. And and on top of that, it was stopped because of a cut. Yeah. I just think, like, Edson Barbosa could have the best highlight reel in the UFC. Yeah. Like the, and the knee of Darius. We've all seen the spinning wheel kick on Terry Adam yeah. a billion times. He's beat some really good guys. He has. He has. And do you know what? I unfortunately have a bad feeling Dan Hooker could be one of them. It could be the next one. Um, I think it's hard to say a bit too much too soon because, you know, Hooker is, he's about to be, you know, about to turn 29. um, Super experienced guy. But just, I don't think, especially a lightweight at that level, Edson Barbosa is relocated to American top team. So he's getting great training as well. I'd question who Daniel Hooker's training with outside of Adesanya in New Zealand. It's it's certainly going to be no one close to the level of Barboza. No, no. So I'm picking Barboza by decision. I just I think uh, Daniel Hooker is tough. Um, it's hard to see him getting put away. So yeah. Barboza. Well, I I have a decision as well, um, but um, I could see. <laughs> this is ridiculous, but. I think you you said this before the podcast, and you're you're right. Barbosa could have him on the ground, yeah. Um, and I, and I think he does have him on the feet. So 
I see it a decision because I don't think that Hooker's chinny. No. Um, I don't think that Barbosa's chinny either. I think they both manage the distance here. Um, but I think that in terms of fight managing the distance, wait. I just think if it stays a stand-up fight, there is Barbosa very few it. fighters in the world who can just stay no. standing with Edson Barbosa. <laughs> Certainly, certainly a very small handful of elite fighters. Um, I also, I side with, I have Barbosa by decision, um, but uh, a Barbosa sub would not be out of the question. And for the betting fans here, um, you know, a Barbosa slight underdog on this. So, you know, there's some, there's merit to that, especially if you have a gut instinct about uh, about how you think it's going to go. But uh, the main event now... Um, and the one that I actually would be most inclined to bet on myself, Al Iaquinta against uh, Kevin Lee. I favour Iaquinta, and I'm one of the few that are seem to be doing this, but here is my case for it. Iaquinta went five rounds with Habib and looked as fresh in the fifth as he did in the first. Um, I, think that, I don't think that Kevin Lee has cardio issues, but I think that if you... If your opponent has better cardio than you, you cardio than you, you do have cardio issues. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if your opponent is setting a pace on you that you can't keep up with, you're in Foxville. And I think that a five round, if this was a three round fight, I'd favor Lee. But I think that you know the the amount of work that Kevin Lee will have to do to keep Iaquinta down to keep controlling him for th- th- three for five rounds, I don't think he. he he can. I think he can do it for three. I'm just not sure if he can do it for five. And the second thing, I think Iaquinta has him on the feet. Mm. I think he's more dangerous with his hands. I I am picking Lee. Um, I just think that Kevin Lee is the future of 155 slash 165. Which is where I think he needs to be, really. When it, when it mm. arrives. Um, I think Al Iaquinta is as good as he's ever going to be. A 31. Um, he just went to the mountaintop, didn't quite get there, which is understandable. You know, day's notice against possibly the best lightweight ever. Yep. Um, I just think I have Kevin Lee, I'm giving him the edge everywhere in this, but when I, like, the, like a razor's edge, I just think Kevin Lee has more varied stand-up now. Like his kickboxing has really come along. I would say... I can see this fight being pretty even. I've gone for Kevin Lee with a fifth round submission. I think okay. it'll wear him down. I think at some point Lee will get Iaquinta down. I don't disagree with that. Or up against the cage. And I think Iaquinta will get cut and bloodied up by elbows or whatever. And I think um, once that happens, Lee will you know up the pace. I don't think either of these guys are going to get tired particularly. And then I think... Uh, Kevin Lee will tap him out but I think regard- it could go anyway uh, you know I was him and Han about a decision because they're both tough guys you know very rarely get beat never mind finished um, so I was you know him and Han over a decision either way but I just so I've got a gut feeling that, that Kevin Lee will finish the fight late I am the other way around I think that I quinted knocks uh, Kevin Lee out in the fourth round. I don't think that happens on the feet. I think there is an exchange that happens. Uh, he gets. I think that Lee gets knocked down. I think that Iaquinta ground and pounds him out in the fourth round, possibly the fifth round. But I'm going to go with fourth. Um, and I think that it, it. I think this fight actually comes down to cardio. I just think for if, both guys, Edson Barboza couldn't knock Kevin Lee out with a flush wheel kick. 
He did fuck him up, though. He did, but he, his his response was that, yeah, he did the, the stanky leg for a bit, but then he took him straight down. Yep. I, just, I think at this point you're going to have to hit Kevin Lee with a bus to stop him. So. Well, yeah, fair. Um, I, I, like, I think that Lee Lee is the, the moderate favourite in this fight, um, and, I, and I, I think there's merit to it. I would not be shocked to see Lee win, because I agree with you that I do think that Lee is the future of, of that division, um, or certainly 165. But what I said to you before the podcast was, I, Quintus just, I just think he kind of like, you know the way there's like always that, there's like the one the one fighter that just always has you. I just think that I, Quintus, I, don't, I think it is just a gut thing. I know they fought before, but I'm not putting too much into that because it was so long ago and, and Kevin Lee's improved so massively since then. But I just think that a combination of I, Quintus' performance against Habib um, his cardio impressed me more than almost anything in that fight, um, and I, I just think that he can put a he can bring a pace and work rate to this fight that I'm not sure that Lee can compete with. So, um, one of the rare times that we're actually disagreeing on the uh, the main event, we normally are are fairly. I think all these fights, apart from maybe the Oliveira one on the main card, are, are razor close. Yeah, yeah, and 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 for that reason, I probably won't do any betting on this. I might, I might take a flutter on Iaquenta just because the odds will be good. I think the value is in Edson Barboza, who is the betting underdog. Yeah, currently slight betting underdog. Um, and and again, if you're ballsy enough to go for method, you'd probably get fairly handy odds on it. But um, I uh, this isn't a betting card. There's some cards where you know they're betting cards. You know, there's a handful yeah. where you, like last card's a prime example. Yeah. Haven't said that the judges fucked you, didn't they? Twice. Still, <laughs> still did all right off Max Holloway because for some reason he was the batting underdog. Just shows you, see if there's hype. Bet with what you know. True, absolutely. Um, and on that note, um, we yet again have to thank our wonderful sponsors over at NI Supplements. They're not only keeping us nice and fit and healthy, but they can do the same for you. you should check them out at www.nisupplements.com. We'd have to let you know, of course, again, with topology, you can get involved. And please, please, the biggest thing you can do to help us out is to promote the podcast by just sharing it. Just go on, just tag a friend or two. You know someone likes MMA? Just give them a wee tag. And next week, it is our uh, last podcast of, well, no, we might fit one in between Christmas yes, and New Year's. we'll for- probably do a quick one before the big card. But next week uh, will be the last one before we take a, uh, a break for Christmas. We will be joined, uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. by Andy Burrows, and we will be doing our end-of-year awards. So we will uh, tweet out or put on Facebook the categories and the nominees. Yep. Um, fight of the year, knockout of the year, all Prospect that good stuff. of the year, worst um, fight of the year. So if you think you've got an idea or there's a fight which you think has been overlooked, send it our way. Absolutely. Send it this way for consideration. Where can you do that? Uh, you can hit us up on any social media. What, like, like Twitter at SuperAdMMA? Sounds like, sounds like you'd or find us like there. Facebook.com forward slash SuperAdMMA? That also would work. What about like at Palooka Media on Instagram? Could do that too. Or Palooka Media at gmail.com? If you want to send us an email, old school. Old school. Send us a letter. Pigeon. Well, pigeon send us mail. a pigeon. I'm not giving out an address. For smoke a signals. Yeah, just throw up some smoke signals no matter where you are. We'll, we'll get probably, them. We'll, we'll get it. them. It's yeah. like the bat signal. We'll see them. We'll, we'll see them. We'll get there. So yeah, that's next week. So keep an eye out for that. Until uh, then. Yeah. Peace.